get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Character and Smallman. everyone and welcome to Carriker and Smallman and Dan McLaughlin with us on 101 ESPN. Dan will be with us every Thursday and Friday for the rest of time. It's coming up on 701. Your time <laughs> check brought to you by... Yeah, you didn't know, Dan. Thank you. This Thank was you, a Randy. binding contract. Wow. The rest of time. We're going to be here for a while then. Yes, That's good. We are. All right. 701, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler and... From the 101 ESPN Weather Center, it is cold. <laughs> it's going to be really cold next week. Yeah, you want to hear the low temperatures? Uh, Saturday, low temperature of 10. Sunday, low temperature of 18. Monday, Randy. low temperature of 12. Mm. Why are you Tuesday, doing this? Mm. low temperature of 7. 7. It's okay. Wednesday, 5. Dark. Thursday, minus 4 for the low. So it's just progressively getting worse as yeah. the week goes on. Yeah. Great. But there are some... Good things happening. Sure, it's going to be a high of 27 on Monday. That's right. And you <laughs> know right. what? We've all been waiting for baseball news. So we're getting baseball news. You know, it was just last Friday they re-signed Wayno, and then they uh, traded for Arnato, and they made another trade uh, late last night. So, hey, things are happening. Dexter Fowler yeah. on his way to the Angels to be with Joe Madden, where Madden can say, you go, we go. And the Cardinals send cash to Anaheim along with Dexter Fowler in exchange for future considerations. Player to be named later, a.k.a. or cash considerations, something like that. One time, if you guys aren't aware of this, Dave Winfield got traded to the Minnesota Twins, I believe it was, from the Cleveland Indians at the end of a season. Then the strike came and Winfield never did play a game for the Twins. However, the trade had been made for future considerations. The future considerations turned out being a glorious meal at Manny's Steakhouse in Minneapolis. That's right. That the Twins gave to the Indians. That's right. (laughs) He got traded for a dinner. (laughs) We should look, we should do a segment on like some of the funny trades that happened. I mean, you think about back when Whitey at one point had Bruce Suter and Raleigh Fingers. Yeah. You know, for 24 hours. Think about that. He had two Hall mm-hmm. of Famers at the back end of his games for a while, 24 hours. But there's some crazy trades that have happened in sports. Just nuts things that happen. Mm-hmm. But this one is interesting from the Cardinals' perspective. Let, let's start with Dexter Fowler. So here for four years, one year was terrible. It's, it's going to go down as a, a signing that probably is not a good one overall. Uh, the way that he finished up last year, he finished up two for his last 22. And in this series against San Diego, he was uh, four for his last 14. So on its surface, a- as we speak right now, it clears up a lot of time, playing time for the young outfielders. 
in particular, you'd have to say Dylan Carlson mm-hmm. now, without question, plays every day in right field. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bader's in center. And then who knows in, in left field? It, it's open competition. And I would say open competition in center. Of all these young outfielders, the guy that's going to play without a doubt is Dylan Carlson. Yeah, every day. For 10 it, years. Every, every day. He's in right field. And then it, it maybe some time in center, too, depending if you have a right-hander on the mound and you want Dylan to play some center and Bader sits. Who knows? I mean, and, and now you free up a little money because the Cardinals are sending a lot of money to the Angels with this. And this is also, to an extent, doing uh, Dexter Fowler a favor here. Now, Dexter and Mo are tight. Uh, they're, I could just pull the curtain back a little bit they're doing him a favor too he Mm -hmm. they wanted him he wanted to play and i'm sure they said to him you're not going to play a lot you know we're going to give you a a chance to play and we're reuniting your uh you're you're going to go back to a guy that said when we go you go Mm -hmm. and when you go we go and that's joe madden when he Mm -hmm. had him in chicago and joe madden by the way traded for alex cobb this past week too who also pitch for Joe Ben, so he's kind of getting the band back together yep. and it's I'm sure a familiar spot for him to maybe ignite him for his career for a stretch run so it's a good thing for Dexter Fowler and one guy that is going to get a great opportunity here is a guy the Cardinals got in the Tommy Pham deal from Tampa and Tampa evaluated him as a guy that they didn't want to have but Justin Williams is a left-handed hitter and he's the only pure left-handed hitter the Cardinals have in the outfield now Carlson obviously is a switch hitter so that changes the dynamic. But if the Cardinals have one guy that's going to get a better opportunity, that has a better opportunity to perform more than anybody else, it's him because he can be in there a lot if he can hit. I don't know. I've been saying I think Justin Williams is out of options. Yeah. And I asked Mo, and he said, I believe he's out of options. And then he was asked again a couple of weeks later, and he said, I believe he's out of options. There's a technicality because of the pandemic and service time and how that works. So it really, I, I think he's out of options. So he's, but, And now you don't have, with the departure of Fowler, you don't have to send anybody down. You're only going to have five outfielders. So now it makes that a little bit easier, and it frees up that roster spot. And the thing about Justin Williams, and I'll say this, in spring training last year, he did not look good. He, he just did not have a good spring training. There's just no, no other way to put it. Um, when he makes contact, and it's if and when, it's mm-hmm. if and when, mm-hmm. he hits the ball hard. And they're looking for people that hit the ball hard. It's really that simple. They, they'll Strikeouts to an extent are accepted. But when you hit the ball hard and you can slug and you can drive the ball, that's what they want. So we'll see if he gets an opportunity and we'll see what happens. And isn't this what the Cardinals have been talking about this entire offseason? Yeah. They have been steadfast in saying they want to make sure that they know who they have in-house with these young guys. And Absolutely. we had done the math on how is X player going to get X at bats. This is not going to be something that they're going to be able to accomplish. Both things cannot be true at the same time. But by moving Dexter Fowler, you free up another spot. You're able to shift them over. And I think they're really going to get a chance to evaluate what they have in the outfield. I would say, too, with this trade, Michelle, it... it Frees up a little bit more money. It's almost $2 million. So the Yachty market is taking shape, whether it be with the Toronto Blue Jays or maybe some other teams. So we would probably get some resolution on that by the weekend. Oh. I would think mm-hmm. the Caribbean series is is going to get finished up. And for him, it's it's got to get finished up because spring training is within a couple of weeks now. And if they want to add some pitching or if they want to add an outfielder, if they do, 
um, and we don't know if they do or not, you know, this gives them a little flexibility to do that as well. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is the chance now to say, here's our team. Here's here's the young outfielders. If this is the direction they want to go and say, now Dexter's out of the way, boys, go get them. Right. You know, this is the time to, fig- to figure this thing out. One thing about the Fowler contract, I believe he gets a $2 million guaranteed bonus every year. Right? The Cardinals are sending money like 12.275 to the Angels. So I believe, well, obviously the Angels will pay that. So his total salary, because of the, the bonus is guaranteed, is 16 and a half a year. So the Cardinals will save roughly, what, about between 3 and $4 million. Correct. So... It's kind of like a, a mini Arenado deal. The, the Angels don't have to pay much for that. No, for they're not paying much at all. No. I think the Cardinals, actually, I think the Cardinals save, it's something like roughly around $2 million okay. on this deal. So, yeah, it, it's, I think if you just look at it from a baseball perspective, you're clearing up the, the roster space for these young guys. Just take the money out of the equation. You, you know, you you get a little flexibility with this, yeah. but it's it's about letting these young guys play. Meanwhile, one of the problems that you have when you unveil a new lit awesome sweater in hockey is that players oh. can be distracted by looking at all the other guys on and the ice. I can't ice. believe you two guys like this. They were awesome. But the they problem was well it, it took a while for the Blues to realize, oh, Emily likes it too. Yeah. We, we shouldn't be looking at these sweaters. We got to start playing. They were down 2 nothing after a period, 11-2 in shots and goal early obviously. on. Distracted by the awesome jerseys. They're just looking at each other saying, man, that is a sweet sweater. That yeah. red you streak. Fresh. You look awesome. <laughs> that red streak going up and down the ice. Yeah, that was great. You know what? Okay, made it, I'm sorry, Randy. Yeah, you, what made it look even better for me was the blue shorts. The uh, rather than having red shorts, the blue shorts made it look good. So I, I liked them, but I know a lot of you didn't. Six five seven eight zero. If you'd like uh, to weigh in on your hatred for the the red blue sweaters, because most people do hate them. And I hated the performance, kids. The Blues lost four three. They scored three goals in the last three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Craig Berube also unhappy with this 4-3 loss, especially because of the start. Well, it does have to come from inside each individual. And, you know, I believe there's a bunch of individuals in there that do compete and work and are ready to play, but we have too many that aren't. And if that's the case, you're going to have a tough time winning. You know, and that's that's the bottom line. You know who you are. <laughs> Reveal yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in that dressing room you know who you are yeah and that everybody else knows who you are too yes hey they we do. uh we love what jordan Cairo has done we expect to see him be busy every night and he was not very busy last night we know what zach sanford is capable of but he was just not very busy tonight we I, we need robert thomas to be better I, I would say the line that is starting to emerge that has been a, a nice um, I think push here lately has been Hoffman, O'Reilly, and um, Perron. Perron, thank you. And and that trio, looking at that three, those three come together. And maybe it's just going to take a little bit for Hoffman to get acclimated to his new team, new line mates, finding the right combination. Mm-hmm. I liked it when when they first got him. I wanted those three to get together. We were talking about that, guys, before we came on the air. I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing that come together. I like seeing what is happening with that trio. I think that has a chance to be very, very good. 
And one other thing I think we can agree on, Jordan Bennington continues to look great. He kept them in that last night. He sure did. He did. And even, Dan, if you hated the reverse retro jerseys, the Cujo mask at least gets some thumbs up from you. Uh, absolutely. The Cujo mask, I've been on board from day one. Now, the Michelle, to my point, the 314, Dan, I agree, looked like Ronald McDonald. The numbers might as well <laughs> have been fries and a helmet and a Big Mac. Well, Thank you, 314. Ronald McDonald is a personal friend of mine. Is oh, that right? Nice. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so, Was this prior to your heart surgery? Oh, yeah. I've known him. <laughs> I've known Ronald for a long time. We're, we're buddies. Your boys? Okay. So, B-O-I-S. Uh, I find no problem at all with looking like Ronald McDonald. Yeah, I, I don't think friendly sort. All right. I'm just saying you know it's not a good look. Ronald and his squad over at McDonald's have been number one in the world for quite some time. Yeah. So if you're emulating greatness, I think that's okay. Michelle, you know Randy and I are like best of friends, Yes, right? yes. And we don't get in many Twitter spats. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a beef last we, night. We had, a, we had a Twitter beef last night. <laughs> a McDonald's Twitter beef last night? Oh, no. Not a, not a McDonald's oh, one. To the point that we got into it over the uniforms, yeah, the sweaters. Yeah, and to the point that he found, a, he found a picture of B.B. King and put it on... Uh, Twitter yesterday oh, because of the blues. Somebody's complaining about, was it you that said blues are blue? No. I got else? a lot of that. No, the blues I did not. are blue. I was like, but they're not named after. All, all I said, no, all I said was just, can we please just have, I, I said, I can take the Cujo mask and then can we please move on? And then Randy did his, well, sir, the history of the blues are really, it's about music and it has nothing to do with the blues. And, he you know, well blue served uniform. you? Yeah, he oh, well yeah. served you? No, I'm just Im- imitating Randy. <laughs> no, I know. Okay. You know, doing my best Randy. Go ahead, Randy. Uh, One other note here. Because of COVID problems throughout the league, Minnesota, Colorado, the Blues will play four against Arizona. They'll play the Coyotes again tomorrow and then on Monday night over at Enterprise Center. So it's a four-gamer between the Blues and the Oats. Yeah. Well, sir, let me tell you about it because I know everything in St. Louis sports. And let me just show you and I'm going to put a picture of B.B. King up there. And really, this is all about music and it has nothing to do with red, blue, yellow or anything. All right, Randy, I get it. I also uh, dissed a guy uh, by asking, have you ever seen a baby blue cardinal? Yeah, I know. And then you started posting pictures of little birds and everything else. Yeah, yellow cardinal. Have you ever? Yellow cardinals are beautiful. Have oh, you they're ever just seen gorgeous. No, I do it. Google a yellow cardinal. All right, I'm on it. Oh, and then you, then you posted a picture of the uh, the baby blue Saturday uniforms, didn't Somebody you? Somebody else did. Okay, then you were me. like, oh, let me favorite that on Twitter. Wow, <laughs> a yellow cardinal. Let me cardinal. show you how smart I am there. Yeah. Isn't the yellow cardinal beautiful? Regal. I think the cardinal should do something with that. You know, Emily, Put you a, need to go to a break and cut his yeah. mic. Put a yellow cardinal on the on the bat at some point. It, no, that, I don't need sell, to put a... Wow. That would sell some cardinal sweaters. You guys want a yellow cardinal fun fact? Yeah. There's only three yellow cardinal sightings reported a year, making the bird's appearance a one in a million find. Wow. Very rare. So maybe the yellow cardinal fits. So maybe the cardinals should wear the yellow cardinal jerseys on the day they plan on scoring five runs. Well, a lot Three of fans a year. are very upset over this conversation because all they need to do is win, baby. That did not just, go over my head, Randy. Just win, baby. <laughs> just win. Just win. Don't worry about silver, black, red, brown, blue. It doesn't matter, baby. Just win. <laughs> We're off and running. Yes, we are. Hey, you guys wanted to add me uh, to this. Yeah. We've got or peak, not. peak or pit coming up next on 101 ESPN. Oh, I know my pit. <laughs> We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
Time for Peak or Pit on 101 ESPN. Michelle, Dan, Randy, and we want to know what your peak or pit and pit of the week was. What was your highlight? What was your low light? Uh, guys, I, I don't want to steal one from you, so I will say that my peak, even though it really Let was, me guess. My, last, my peak was last Friday night when we got the word that uh, the Cardinals had. But no. You were going to go with last night, the, the red sweaters? No. <laughs> Your your peak cannot be last Friday because it has to be within this no, week. Since our last since, since our last show, last well, Friday peak, to Friday. Pit, yeah. I don't think that can be your peak because that wasn't when it was official. Then I'll do when it was officially announced. All right, then that's better. When they uh, made the Arenado deal. But now you're but the, officially at the peak. But the, don't you think I'm changing the rules of your show? The peak actually emotionally <laughs> is probably when you first got the word yeah. that it was going down. What yeah. are you saying, Michelle? Be- I, I'm coming is... in here and changing things up a little bit. Yeah, look at you. Searching it up, <laughs> Second Dan. day, I'm just coming in here firing bullets, you know? <laughs> My pit of the week was... Last it, night. It happened, no, just a few moments ago. Oh. When I, I didn't realize that it was going to be minus four next week. I, I didn't I realize. I tried to warn you, right? I know. You told me single digits. I, I didn't know minus you. single digits. Well, I was trying to ease into that conversation <laughs> just to say, hey, be prepared. <laughs> But I also didn't want to really bum you out. i got to get out the big coat now. Yeah, it's going to be bad. I'm getting a lot of uh, agreement, sorry guys, on this pit of, well, I mean, for instance, 618 Uncle Randy have to agree with Danny Mac on these reverse retro blues jerseys. My pit was ridiculous looking jerseys. And the pit for me was the jerseys. Now, (laughs) I am going to say if I'm a blues front office person, it's a peak because I got a lot of people going out and buying said mm-hmm. retro jersey. And so I'm very and talking about them. Yeah. So it's my peak of the week. So if I'm a blues personnel, I'm saying, Danny Mac, I'm very happy that it's your pit because you're talking about them and we're selling them. So uh, I get it. Unpopular opinion. Yes. Especially for Michelle here. Uh oh. The reverse retro jerseys are way better than the regular retro blues jerseys. Uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. With the red, str- the blood mm-hmm. on the bottom, the no, diagonal no. blood. They're cool, Randy, because they're not. Notice the death? Yeah, of course, Dan. Yeah. It's Friday. We're loose here mm-hmm. on a Friday, so oh, get, get prepared for that. But they're cool because they are a spin on a past jersey. So it's a niche thing. That's why it's cool. But the original retro, way uh, cooler. That was kind of a uh, niche thing, too. Yeah, it was. I told you right. Good point. My peak is Nolan Arenado, obviously. And my friend pit, of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, absolutely. Yeah. Friend, of, friend of the show, shows. soon to be friend in life. Yeah. yeah. We got to get him his own show here as many times as he's appeared. Yeah. Um, and my, my pit was the retro jersey. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I'm i going to stay steadfast with my conviction of, of that. Okay, I I. Like just I'm not a fan of the red on the blues jersey. I love the blue sweater. I think it's a classic sweater. I love the blue sweater. I love it. I don't like the red on the blues. I just don't like it. It's okay. It's a personal opinion. I understand other people like it. That's great. My power rankings of the five sweaters the blues are going to wear this year. Powder blues. Yep. White. Normal blue. Mm. Last night. And then the regular retro. Okay. You're the, you. you're the fashion aficionado on this program. I told you my thoughts on it, Dan. I think they're great. I love them. But I know that Randy and I are in the minority here. It's tough to hear. I tweeted this last night, and people were not pleased with the take. They were like, this is terrible. This is terrible. Mm. But I'm going to stay with you guys for for my peak and pit. My peak is certainly Nolan Arenado, but specifically yesterday, us getting to interview him. That's such a cool moment for us. 
because it's the biggest thing happening in sports right now. Mm -hmm. And we got a chance to talk to him and introduce him in a lot of ways mm -hmm. to our listeners and to St. Louis. So that's a pretty special moment. I will say I did have one reservation about the interview with Nolan. Just one thing. He said he likes to surf. No problem with that. My only problem is, is just don't do it during the life of the contract in St. Louis. Right. Just, yeah, just put exactly. it off and just do it in retirement. That's all I ask. Take that money after you're <laughs> just, done. Just do it after retirement. Buy a house in Hawaii. You can surf yeah, just do it as after much that. as you want. Buy an ocean. <laughs> right, buy an ocean. But I, the first thing I thought of when he said he liked to surf, I was like, ACL? Uh-uh. Yeah. Let's not do that. Shoulder injury? Right. Please? And my just pit. Just leave it? My pick, guys, is that the Blues are having games canceled because of COVID-19. Yeah. At least it's not them. At well, least it's not them, but... We were looking forward to that matchup again versus Colorado, and to it's just something that we're. I'm sick of dealing with it in sports, and I know we're in a pandemic. I know there's far worse things that are happening, but it just seems like every day there's still something happening with COVID where games are getting canceled or postponed or things are getting disrupted. I do think the league is doing a good job here, though, by just saying, yeah. adjusting on the fly and just saying, Let, let's keep Arizona here, get the two games out of, uh, uh, get those two games done and we'll adjust on the fly. And I, I think that's what we're going to have to do. That is, I started thinking, because I always go back to baseball, what's baseball going to have to do is they travel so much and hopefully there's way the numbers come way down in the summer and the vaccination is way more out into the general public and we're not dealing nearly as much with this but that is my major concern with baseball when you're traveling as much and there's more people um in in terms of 25-man roster and way more travel than some of these teams and other sports are dealing with it's gonna be tough to do very tough in a 162 game season let's get some of your peaks and pits emily is here on the text line 65780 what do you got from the 636, my pit was my divorce was finalized, but my peak, she let me keep the Lexus. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I would think that once you get to the end of a divorce, that that would kind of be a peak. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Unless you still have lingering feelings. Right. And you didn't want yeah, the divorce. Maybe it's her that... Uh... Does Uncle Randy have any thoughts on this? Uh Uncle Randy, any thoughts on well, the divorce and the Lexus? You know what? Put some rims on that Lexus. Absolutely. Yeah, depending yeah, on the exactly. money situation. Yeah. So, just taking these two things in and of any themselves. hydraulics you got to put your energy yeah. into that Lexus. I remember walking into a boss's office one time for a meeting. Is this Uncle Randy speaking? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he's on the phone with his uh, his office phone. He's got his head in his hand, and he he's talking. He's yeah, 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 yeah. And after like four minutes, hangs up the phone and lifts his head out of his hands. Says. Dude, don't ever get divorced. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> Must have been a rough divorce. Yeah. Not good for him? <laughs> no. Uh, no. So, yeah, avoid that. I understand. Yeah. yeah. I think I knew those. I saw those. Go, Danny. Okay, good. Thanks, Chris and Cottable. Oh, sorry. <laughs> From the 573 peak, I'm proposing next weekend. Pitt, I had tickets to the Blues game Sunday, but it's going to be canceled. Oh. I wonder if you get to go Monday. I hope so. Oh, yeah. I hope so, too. Because that, well, the, the Arizona game, I don't know how, I don't that's know how that works. Work. We're going to have to read the release, pay attention to what's going on. That's here. a good question. If you have those tickets, are they redeemable then the following night? Yeah, because you only have 1,400. Right. They, well, they wouldn't have sold any tickets for Monday night, right? Or I Maybe wonder just... if they go for the March when they get rescheduled. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, a, that's a good that's question. That's probably a good call. Yeah. I don't know. But at least he's getting engaged. Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope. Good oh, for yeah. you. She'll say yes. Most guys ask that question knowing the answer. Yeah. 
Yeah, most do. Good most for do. you. Congratulations. So. <laughs> go get them. From the 636, my pit, my shower broke, and I had to go to the local rec center Ooh, to take a shower. Happen? Why didn't that ever happen during the summer? Right, right. Totally. Good point. Yeah, hey, you walk out, you're a little chilly. Yeah. Then you're going to be cold again. Because pipes Ooh. aren't freezing in the summer, Randy. Exactly. Well, but the shower broke. Yeah, I'm just assuming it's a plumbing issue. But their peak was that the plumber only charged them $25 to fix it. All right, that's pretty good. Wow. What a bargain, yeah. Good. Texas, the name of that plumber. I'm kidding. Horrible. uh, It's AAA Home Services, Michelle. Oh, thank you, Randy. Cha-ching. Yep. Nice job, Randy. Thank you. Let's see. My peak from the 314 got a raise at work this week. Yes. All right, congrats. But the pit, I got to shampoo my carpets this weekend. Yeah. I've never done that. Well, actually, yes, I have one time. I always say I got to shampoo my carpets when I'm asked to do something. Ah, I can't do it. I got to shampoo my carpets. Yeah. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good reason to skip out on doing something. Or I just tell them I got to go get a perm. That's <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what you do. Perms take some time. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. And thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. The Phoenix Open is this week. Michelle's been there. It's one of the great tournaments on tour. We're going to talk to our buddy Jay Delsing about that and more with our weekly visit with Jay next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Michelle, Dan, and Randy on 101 ESPN. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and our friend Jay Delsing. You'll hear him Sunday morning between 9 and 10 here on 101 ESPN. And we have him at 730 every Friday to get ready for that show and talk about what's going on in the world of golf and other sports. Jay is a huge sports fan. His dad played Major League Baseball. And good morning, sir. I have to imagine that you're pretty fired up about the acquisition by the Cardinals of Nolan Arenado. Oh my gosh! Good morning, and uh, I I just I could watch that guy play third base all day long. It, uh, it's a great signing for for the Cardinals. And Jay, he played in the pro am for the Phoenix Open on Wednesday. And, and- I know, I saw that. Um, oh my! It's so weird to see the Phoenix Open, which is kind of like a rock and roll event of the year for the PGA Tour with no spectators. It's just yeah, there's a, a lot of things wrong with the world, but man we got to get some spectators back outside and watch golf. It just doesn't, I don't know. Jay, in a, in a normal time at the Phoenix Open, what is that like for a golfer to have an environment like that? Is it something that golfers embrace, like you mentioned, the rock and roll environment, or is it more difficult for you to perform? Oh, Michelle, it's, it's, um, it's well, for me, I'll just speak for myself, it was just fantastic. I loved it. It was like, you. I looked forward to teeing it up on the 16th tee from the time I was on the first hole. I mean, I had to, I had to really, you know, make sure I was paying attention to what I was doing. Um, and I, I happened to make a hole in one there one one Saturday, you guys, and uh, it was just the most incredible amount of applause I've ever had by far in my career. And um, they had a Reliant K car. This is how bad the tour was back when I played. They had a Reliant K car, a Dodge on the tee for a hole-in-one, and I made mine on a Saturday, and as I was walking, you know, my caddy said to me, hey, can I have the car? You're going to wear a car. I'm like, I don't know you don't get a car. <laughs> get it back. Let's, you know, let's get up to the green here. 
And on the front windshield in the lower corner in a little placard, like a three-by-five card said, Sunday only. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Which and, is pretty indicative of my career on the day off, and I don't know what happened. Uh, tell the story, because as you went to the T, weren't the fans giving you the business? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It was like, who is this guy? You know, and I, he's got to shake. You know, there's betting. This was back in the 90s, guys. It was like, I'll bet you 10 bucks this guy doesn't even put it on the green. You know, you can hear all that stuff. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a blast. I mean, it also... For someone like me that grew up, you know, as a caddy and grew up with, you know, basically the people I was playing with as a kid telling me the same thing, you know, um, it, it didn't seem like that big a deal. And it also makes you, you know, buckle down a little bit. I, I would say that with all the things that Tiger has done, Tiger Woods and winning major championships and, and winning, what, 80, 90 events, one of the most iconic uh, images of, of Tiger Woods is his hole-in-one at that event at 16, and, and the fans going crazy, and they're probably 20 rows deep. I, I still think that's one of the most iconic images of Tiger Woods is that hole-in-one at that particular event. Oh, yeah, Danny. It was just, uh, well, I mean, you saw him, too, the way he is, and yeah. he just, he just pumped up the crowd. It's like, come on, let's make this thing loud. And, and I mean, it was it was deafening. I mean, I was playing, obviously not with him, and it was almost like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. I've been to, to World Series. Uh, it was at the PGA Championship in 2018. It was almost like, you know, Tiger made a hole-in-one on a par four or something, you know. The, 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 the cheering lasted so long. And it was deafening, and you could have been, you know, on the other side of the golf course. It was uh, pr- pretty awesome. Jay, are you surprised that more tournaments don't have an environment like that? Because I've been there, and like you said, you said rock and roll environment. It felt like I was at a music festival. It was an awesome, awesome time. And I know that golf is a game of decorum, respect. There's a lot that goes into the history of golf. But based on the success of what we see in the Phoenix Open, I'm surprised that other tournaments haven't captured that energy. You know what, Michelle, they did it on some sort of like mini versions. Like I remember when we played at Greensboro and they, I think they, they gave away Jack Daniels shots <laughs> and it was a little bit different. <laughs> you know, it didn't come out well. You know, there were people that were falling out of the seats and things like that. And um, I, I think one of the things that you're mentioning, Michelle, is one of the things that I would love to see golf lighten up a little bit about, you know, when you go, especially for the folks that love the game, that necessarily aren't PGA Tour caliber. Let them play some music, you know, lighten up on the dress code just a little bit and just relax some of those traditional things that, um, I don't know, make it less fun sometimes. Wait, Jay, having said that, let's go back to last weekend. And for anybody that follows golf um, very closely, and I, I love watching golf, it's on at my house 24 7. So I'm watching the Farmers last weekend. Patrick Reed has. Another infraction, if you will, depending on how you want to look at the rules. Uh, And here he is in the middle of another rules infraction. I I couldn't believe what he did in in terms of of placement with the ball. And and if you can explain this to the casual fan out there, he wins the Farmers. But it it, it does, again, come with controversy. Can you explain uh, to the casual fan and to the golf fan out there your interpretation of what he did and, and how this all took place? Absolutely, Danny. And you know, what's interesting is that in this world we live in, 
I, I, I don't know. I have like 10 followers on Twitter. My phone went crazy. Yeah. And I was like, what in the hell's going on? And I was, I was watching it and I didn't realize. So first of all, you guys, there is an unwritten rule. The worst thing that can be said about you as a PGA tour player is that you're a cheater. You could say, you, you know, Al Sutton had five, you know, marriages and things like that, but he, you know, the worst thing you can say about somebody is that they don't play by the rules. And what he did is there's an unwritten rule with players where if you're going to, um, I, I don't know if you watch the entire uh, thing, but Rory McIlroy had a similar situation. So I don't know how much time we have, but we can compare the two. So when uh, you go up to your ball, he did nothing wrong, Danny, without being able to see it bounce and everything. He's not responsible for that. There's glare. There's typically, there's a lot of people. And what he, what you do is you go to this, your, your ball and you find this situation. And um, he's well within his right to say to the marshal, did this thing bounce? Did you see this thing bounce? You know, he's not, not responsible. What he, where his whole thing went sideways is he, he, and he, and he said to its uh, playing uh, partners, I'm going to see if this ball's embedded. Totally fine. When you pick your ball, so you've got to go down there, you mark your ball, which what you do is you grab your ball and you see if it's into the ground. It has to break the surface of the ground. And then you put it back immediately. You don't change anything. And what he did was he's in there rooting around with his finger. It's going to take you five seconds to tell if there's a break in the ground or not. It's that obvious. And then you put your ball back so you don't alter the way the ball was sitting. That is the, that's, the, that, that's like the number one thing. When, when the tour official came and the grass was long, I did not know that he had the ball out of that condition. I couldn't believe it. And the, and, and yeah, and the and, and the PGA Tour official says, "Where's the ball?" And he says, "Oh, it's right over here because it's embedded." And I'm like, "That that to me is a top player trying to intimidate a rules official." And I'm really disappointed that the rules official didn't say, "You should the ball shouldn't be out of this condition." I I, I can't necessarily tell. Okay, he didn't say that. And then the tour backpedaled, and the tour played nice. And I can tell you this. Brandel Sham Lee texted me. I got I got texts from five different tour players going again, oh, you know, yeah. because he had that he had that incident down at Tigers event, and and guys, Rory did something similar. He hit a terrible drive on eighteen. He tried to lay up, miss the fairway. His ball bounced, and then went into the, the grass. Very similar to what happened with Reed. And I'm sorry, I know I'm taking up a lot of time. We'll make this quick, but um, he walked up to his ball and said. He's playing with Rory Sabatini and said, Rory, I got a check. I think my ball's embedded. And Rory says, fine. I mean, Sabatini, both Rory say, fine. Well, it's embedded in, in uh, McElroy's opinion. He picks it up, cleans it, drops it within a club, place, uh, club length, and moves on. That's exactly what Patrick Reed could have done if it was that simple, if it was that obvious. Well, Rory takes a bunch of crap uh, because Patrick Reed said, you know, Rory McIlroy did the same thing. Well, it comes out the day after that a marshal who was standing right there sends a letter to the PGA Tour saying, I feel terrible about this. When I was looking for Rory McIlroy's ball on Sunday, I stepped on it. And I didn't say anything to him. And now Rory McIlroy's, you know, enroiled in this crazy, you know, rules thing because of Reed. 
And it just separates the whole thing. And, and McElroy said, but I feel so much better because I know my ball was embedded. Wow. Good stuff, Jay. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. We'll be tuned in on Sunday morning for Golf with Jay Delsing. Pretty much killed the segment, didn't I? Yeah, that I was awesome. So no, good stuff. It's, it's good to know. That's a, a great explanation, and it's great insight into uh, what's going on down there. So we do appreciate it. Love the show. Hated the, hated the jerseys last night, guys. Like <laughs> right. Montreal Canadian farm. Team. <laughs> a little white on there. We got the Canadians. Right. Yeah, you're not wrong, Jay. You're exactly right. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll see you later. Jay, I knew you were going to chime in. You're exactly yeah. right. That's why you're the best on this uh, station. I love it. <laughs> Have by a great way, day, guys. By the you way, I loved your Curtis Strange interview. That was fantastic. Oh my gosh, he hadn't said 20. I've, I've, I've played 30 rounds of golf with him, and I don't know how many times sat at the same lunch table to him, but he didn't say 15 words to me. Is that right? All those years, and I couldn't get him off. It was, I, was, I, I hung up with him, and I was like, man, I didn't know that guy could talk. Well, he talked. That was good. That's that good was really stuff. good. All right, Jay. Talk to you soon. Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Six five seven eight zero is the number, the address for the Air Comfort Service text line here on one hundred and one ESPN. If you'd like to play, take it or leave it. Michelle, Randy, and Dan and kids, USA Today has ranked the top fifty-five Super Bowl teams of all time, and they rank the nineteen ninety-nine Rams eighth, seventh, the seventy-five Steelers, fair, reasonable, sixth, the ninety-four Forty Niners, fair. Reasonable. They were really good. They beat your Dolphins and yeah, Dan Marino. We remember, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, that was '94. The one that that was the team that beat up on uh, the the Chargers. '91 Redskins, legit. They they might have been the greatest team of all time. 1972 Dolphins, though. Uh, I've heard from football Hall of Famers that the worst Hall of Famer, all due respect, uh, is Bob Greasy, who led that team. Had a defense that was known as the no-name defense because they didn't have any real stars. Take it or leave it, the 99 Rams put up at least 50 on the 72 Dolphins. I will take that because I think the uh, Rams changed how we uh, see ba- uh, see football. Mm-hmm. I said baseball. We They see uh, football play today. I mean, there are specific plays that are designed with the idea of Marshall Falk coming out of the backfield and designed to flip it to him and get him the football. I think there's design plays that you see when you watch Kansas City play this weekend. There are specific plays that are designed offensively that are taken exactly out of the greatest show on turf. That's not me saying it. That's Andy Reid saying it. That's people like Dick Vermeil saying it. So when you watch... How the game is played today, they transform the game. So um, I'm going to take it that the Rams would mop up on many of these great teams that we have seen. I'm going to take it as well. I'm taking the greatest show on turf over really any defense, but yep. especially an offense filled with stars and 
and lethal weapons versus a no-name defense, I think I'm going to go with the Rams in that one. And you have Hall of Famers, too. Yeah, right. By the way, the top three, 89-49ers, and they won the, the Super Bowl 55-10 over the Broncos. They were 14-2. and two. They were great. Legit. 84-49ers, that's the team that beat Marino. Okay. And they were really good. And then the uh, 85 Bears, they list as number one. 85 Bears, 99 Rams would have been a hell of a game. That's the one oh, I was yeah. going to say. The 85 Bears would have been the interesting matchup. Yep. We got to get them in Tech Mobile. Yeah, you got to go back idea. to Tech Mobile, Randy. Yeah. You can't you can't play Madden. You got to go back to Tech Mobile and see exactly how Richard Dent and Singletary would match up with the uh, the Rams well, of that great era. Here's the thing: the, the Rams invited the Blitz, and yeah, I don't think that those and DBs, Kurt, would, Kurt would read it quickly, right? And, and I don't think those DBs could hang with the Rams receivers. Certainly, Marshall coming out of the backfield. I'll do you know all those linebackers are blitzing. Marshall's not covered coming out of the backfield, and Kurt just one step drop, boom. They wouldn't have, and Could the Rams the, defense hang uh, with Willie Galt and well, with uh, Peyton? Well, the Rams defense was, that was a running team primarily. And the, that Rams defense was number one in the league against the rush. They never allowed a hundred yard rusher. That's true. So they, they would have, Chicago would not have been able to score. Okay. All right. I take your word for it. You know better. You know better. Thank you. Okay. Take it or leave it. Kurt Flood will eventually get into Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame. I'll take it. It'll be kind of like a Marvin Miller situation. I guys, think so, too. Where his impact on the game will be appreciated by the people that are now voting on those committees. I think guys like Kurt Flood, I think Tommy John should get a look. How many careers have been prolonged, saved, money made because of Tommy John? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I and Kurt Flood changed the game. How much money has he made for people because of that? And by the way, he was an unbelievable player. Yeah. I mean, he was a tremendous center fielder. Um, and if he does not do what he did and it, it derailed his career, he might have gone in as a player anyway. I've talked to Tim McCarver about that. Tim has talked about what it did to him mentally, physically, his skills deteriorated because of it. Um, and he said, you know, if he would have just stayed and played and not done what he did, he might have made it as a player anyway. So I do think that people, if you take a harder look at not only just the player, but the man and what he did, that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame with you. So yesterday we debuted a new segment called Sick of It. Sick of it. an homage to Bradley Beal's wife after he put up 40-plus in another losing effort about a week ago. She just tweeted sick of it. So I've been tracking this Bradley Beal thing because we want Bradley Beal freed. We want him to leave Washington. We want him to play for a winner. We want him to be able to take his talents elsewhere. So I was reading this article last night on ESPN.com about if he's going to get moved now before between now and the deadline or if it's going to be in the offseason. And a Western Conference executive was quoted in this piece saying, I think it would have to be pressure from him, meaning Beal, and his agent to do so. It sounds to me like that won't happen until after the season, if at all. Take it or leave it. Beal and the agent need to crank up that pressure starting now. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Although I thought it was interesting that teams really don't have much cachet. There isn't much collateral to make a move for Beal out there among the good teams either. At what point do you think a player in any sport says, I don't care how bad we are, it's important for me to stay with a team? How many guys do that? I know. Tony Gwynn did. Nolan Arenado didn't. No. You know, you just, you say, it's important for me because this team drafted me, developed me, they pay me, and I owe it to the franchise, I owe it to the fan base, I owe it to everybody that's invested in me because I want to stay here. It will never, ever, ever happen again in the NBA. Never. If they've won before, maybe, then you write out the contract and you you think that you owe that 
community something. But if you're a star and you haven't won, but you've already gotten paid, it's never going to happen. And I get that you want to win. I, I totally get it. These guys are all competitive. I understand the the goal is to win championships. And deep down, that's why they play, is to win but I, I just wonder if any player would ever say, I'm not leaving because they invested in me, I'm getting paid, and I owe it to them. Giannis will not end his career in Milwaukee. You Zion, don't think so? No. Yeah, Zion will not end his career in New Orleans. Everybody winds up either with a New York team or an L.A. team. You go to a coast. Yeah. Well, we have a, te- a great text from the 314. Mike Trout's essentially doing that now. I'm talking about basketball. Yeah, right. Trout will. But, but in, in, in basketball. Yeah. They, he also got $450 million. Yeah. And he's that's the number two market marketable although he hasn't probably maxed out his no. marketability oh not even close no, no. and and maybe but he doesn't he want wants, to either i was gonna say maybe he doesn't want it that way but sh- boy he surely he's in that market why he could be making so much money and and shame on baseball for not doing it for him maybe yeah. they've approached him multiple times and he just said look i want to play baseball let's get a couple of texts emily what do we have from the 636, take it or leave it, we can chalk up last night's Blues loss to those reverse retro jerseys. Yeah, I'll take that because the Blues were just so distracted by their beauty in the early going. They mm. just uh, That's what caused them to fall behind in the first period. They were just skating around thinking, man, we look awesome. We yeah. look great. They weren't focused on the game until right. the end. And then they yeah. started a, a flurry of activity. It's much more important to look marvelous than to play marvelous. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> Easy, Billy Crystal. <laughs> uh, Emily, go right ahead. I've, 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 well, I've already made my statements on those unis. Uh, people know where I stand. From the 636, take it or leave it. The Blues beat the Coyotes in the next two games. Take it. Take, take it. it. Oh, you heard Mike Hoffman in the postgame last night saying that they want to come out with some energy. Uh, he, so. he said it's good that we're seeing them again because I'm paraphrasing. Or was it Ryan O'Reilly that said that it's good that we're seeing them again because we certainly didn't give them our best tonight. Yeah, Hoffman said that. Yeah. Hoffman, yeah. And by the way, he, eight shots. He was great. He, he had his opportunities. I would also say when you're stuck in a city and basically just go into a hotel room for a week. If you're the Coyotes, Mm -hmm. that gets awfully boring. And there's something to that, just being stuck. Right. Go to the rink, go to the hotel, not really doing anything. Shoot pucks into a mattress. Yeah, that's not a lot of fun. (laughs) There's something to that. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Emily. And thanks for your texts. We do appreciate it. Coming up, Super Bowl prop bets. We're going to give you what we're betting on here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Three in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Blues fall 4-3 to the Coyotes last night. After trailing 4-0, they scored three garbage time goals and lost 4-3 and will play against the Coyotes again tomorrow afternoon. Meanwhile, the Cardinals traded Dexter Fowler to the Angels. Dexter Fowler and a lot of cash to the Angels in exchange for player to be named later, who apparently is pretty good. He's got a chance to be all right. Uh, and the Cardinals <laughs> will wind up... Oh, who is it? A player to be named later. We, we don't know who it is. It's just named later on the back of his jersey. Gotcha. He's got PT a chance to be great, though. Player to be... And got it's it. not going to be Albert Pujols. No, it will not. No. That's a lot of Did money. Did you guys get a lot of tweets about that last night, yeah. too, before oh, God. it was said who yeah. was coming in return? Oh, it's Albert returning. Yeah. If, a ton if, of tweets I, I think if that. John Heyman does the story, it's probably Albert Pujols traded back to the Cardinals right. rather than Dexter Fowler traded to the Angels. Bob Nightingale reporting that uh, Trevor Bauer was going to the Mets, but yet he's not a 
met yet. No. And we're right. talking about a three-year deal for north of $100 million yeah. for, for Bauer. And by yeah. the way, the Cardinals will pay uh, all but $1.75 million of the salary of Dexter Fowler. And, so, and salary and bonuses. So this opens up the... Uh, the, the playing time for the young outfielders, which the Cardinals have been talking about a lot this offseason. We've been talking about it, whether uh, Dexter Fowler was going to be here or not. You wanted to see Williams play. You want to see Bader play. You wanted to see Dylan Carlson play every day. You want to see Lane Thomas. You want to see Tyler O'Neill. So at least currently constructed and a couple of weeks away from the opening of spring training. Now you get to see these guys play currently constructed. And this also, at least for me, when I read it, we know how much they think of Dylan Carlson, but this to me lets me know that they're ready for him now. If they're moving Dexter Fowler, they saw enough of him, especially after he came back last season, to think he needs more playing time now. We're ready to watch him grow. So he would be the everyday right fielder. I would say Bader gets the majority of playing time in center. If there's a right-hander on the mound, now that opens up other playing time to give more at-bats to others. If there's a right-hander on the mound, I would think that now he if he shows that he can hit right-handed pitching, then he plays. If he doesn't, then others got to play against right-handed pitching. Okay. That's the way I would do it. Take it or leave it. Unless Tyler O'Neill takes off, the Cardinal opening day left fielder in 2022 is Nolan Gorman. Ooh. I think it is. I, 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 is the DH in play? Good question. Uh, yes, it will be. Uh, I, I would say so, that Nolan Gorman is either or. Could be left fielder, could be DH, and I would throw in maybe even second base, and maybe Tommy Edmond is in left field. Huh. I think that is something yeah, that could to, be too. You know, Tommy Edmond gives you flexibility in the outfield too. That's the other part of this, is that if these outfielders falter in 2021, some of these guys struggle, and it's a long season, as we all know, guys. I mean, 162 games, guys go south. Some guys take off. You don't know. You know, Tommy gives you flexibility, and so does Matt Carpenter. You know, Matt Carpenter can play second base. So if guys don't get off to good starts or they have a bad month or a bad stretch, there are options now because of Arenado. That's that's kind of the byproduct of getting Arenado is the flexibility of Tommy Edmond, of Carpenter, Edmund can play the outfield, so there are some options here that the Cardinals have that they did not have prior to Arenado, no doubt. All right, let's get ready for Super Bowl 55. Kickoff at 5.30 on Sunday here on 101 ESPN, and you'll have all of the activity throughout the course of the day leading up to Super Bowl 55. We're going to take a look at some of the prop bets. Kids, will Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan, who have the anthem duties, sing the national anthem in less than two minutes? Absolutely not. Agreed. I normally take the over on this, but two people singing it, doing a duet. We don't know what the pacing is going to be. I don't know how they're going to be spaced with one another. There's no way this is going to be under two minutes. We all no agree. Doubt. Yeah. It's going right. to be over two. This is a great question. Will the jersey number of the player to score first be over or under 17.5? So you've got Godwin. You've got Evans. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Nicole Hardman. Uh, you've got a, a lot of players capable of scoring that first touchdown under 17.5, but then you have the running backs. You have both Gronk and Kelsey mm-hmm. over 17.5. Scotty Miller is under. So 
I'm going to go with the the idea of it being under 17.5. I'm going to go with the over. The over? I'm going with the under. And do you guys have someone in mind? I do. Do you want to reveal who you have in mind? Kelsey. Kelsey. Okay. I'm going Godwin, number 14. And I'm going uh, Scotty. Scotty too hottie? Yeah. Who's faster than Tyreek Hill, allegedly? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I don't like going against Tyreek Hill, but I'm going Kelsey. Kelsey's a, a great call, especially if they have a drive. That's why I'm, and, I'm and, going with them a drive, and they're going to get in the in the red zone. I'm going Kelsey. In honor of former Chiefs coach Hank Stram, they may have to matriculate the ball no, down the field right. without much of an offensive line. <laughs> that's right. Will the weekend, W-E-E-K-N-D, be wearing sunglasses when he's first shown during the halftime show? For sure. So I'm going, no, I did a little research in the, on this last you're, night. You're great with these. Go ahead. Well, I was thinking about that. We did. We had the questions prior, so I did a little research. The weekend actually has been doing this. this you make me feel old, but go ahead. Well, no, no. That, Doesn't Dan, she make you feel old on these things? All of this when we don't have an E in weekend. Good point, Randy. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll make you a weekend playlist, Dan. All I'll right, get, I'll get you. you up to speed. All right. So the weekend actually has been doing this thing on social media where he had his face wrapped and unveiled this plastic surgery look a lot of people think it's just prosthetics on his face but i don't think he's going to be wearing sunglasses i think if his face is obstructed in any way it's going to have something to do with that so i'm saying no on the sunglasses interesting you know how bad this is randy is that yesterday during the first segment i had to ask you for the walgreens readers (laughs) yeah right i had to ask for your readers that's (laughs) will tom brady finish with at least one rushing yard i literally just changed from no to yes that he will have one i put yes as well i i'll say yes because he'll plunge forward for a first down yes yeah and i think he's going to want to show that at the age of 43 he can still yeah he'll get a first down yeah that's a statement for him because he'll be trailing by 14 at least at some point and they're going to have to go for it on a fourth down so he'll plunge forward yes absolutely which team will score last I chose that. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think the team that scores last will win, and I think the Buccaneers are going to win, so I chose the Bucks. Hmm. I think it's going to be the Bucks because they're going to be trailing and they're going to have to go for points, so I'm going with the Bucks. The Chiefs score in the final two minutes to make it the final score of 35-31. to 31. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm and going then Brady will get the ball back with a minute and a half, and he'll wind up throwing an interception like at the 40-yard line. I don't even think it's going to be close. I got 35-17 as my final in okay. favor of Kansas City, but I just think that they're going to have to score the Bucks. They're going to be in a position that they have to keep driving, and they'll put up some points at the end, so 35-17. Okay. The result of the opening coin toss, heads or tails? Heads. 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 We all agree on that. Will there be a score in the first five and a half minutes of the game, the first five minutes and 30 seconds? Yes. Yes. I've got no. Mm. I think it's going to be a feeling out process for both teams. Kansas City's too good, man. Yeah, they are really good. And they're going to get heads, and they're going to take the ball. They want it first, and they're going to shove it right down their throat. Okay. Sounds aggressive. Yeah, very aggressive. <laughs> no, I think uh, Kansas City will matriculate the ball down, down the, the field, field. And, 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 and score with uh, probably nine minutes left in the first quarter. We'll be close, but they won't score in the first five and a half. You're, you're anticipating a very boring start to this game. Yeah, most games do start. The, the NFL is all about action. and They're like the NBA now. It's action in the fourth quarter. Okay. That, that is true, especially yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. If you didn't make your bets, uh, you can always listen to our show. Yeah. 
and get the wrong answers. Well, but you can use the 101 ESPN <laughs> app to listen to our podcast brought to you by I Promise. Then use your app to download the Facebook uh, or the, the FanDuel uh, Sportsbook app and then uh, make your bets on the props. Use that promo code SMALLS. Yeah, there you go. Next up, we're going to talk some blues hockey. Find out what Joey Vitale thought of the, thought of the uh, sweaters last night mm. and more. What's Joey going to have for his Super Bowl party? What's he going to cook? That's next on 101 ESPN. Pasta. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by the Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN, the home of the Blues. The Blues are back in action tomorrow against Arizona again, and they'll play the Coyotes on Monday night as well. Originally, there was a Sunday game scheduled against, did I say Colorado? Arizona tomorrow. There was a Saturday-Sunday weekend series scheduled with Colorado. That will not take place because of COVID issues. So uh, the Blues will have Super Bowl Sunday off. The Blues broadcasters will have Super Bowl Sunday off. So Joe Vitale can be home to prepare a glorious Super Bowl party spread for his family, his growing family, by the way. Uh, Joey V is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, Randy. All you guys, I'm doing really good today. Thanks for asking. Hey, congratulations on uh, child number five on the way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Randy. I appreciate it. You know, it's one of those things where my wife and I, we wanted to have a big family. We had our daughter last March. We were going to wait a year or two before we had another one if we were going to do that. I think it was around November where everything got re-shut down, restaurants were shut down. And I looked at my wife. I kind of gave her a look. I said, hey, you know, we're not doing anything anyway. We're not missing much. Why don't we try to have this baby now and knock it out? It seemed like a practical idea at the time. So uh, I don't know. Man, you're prolific. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, can't, I can't tell you, man. I love these little kids, and we have so much fun. And uh, without them in this pandemic, I, I tell you what, it'd be, it'd be tough. They keep me busy. They keep me honest. They keep me very humble. Uh, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough gig being a parent, as, as anyone out there will tell you. I mean, you know, and Dan as well. And, and uh, it's, it's something, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, before we get to the glorious red jerseys in last night's game, oh. let's talk about Sunday. You haven't had much time to think about this because you didn't know you were going to have a family Super Bowl get-together. So you got to be quick. You're going to head down the street to Schnooks and pick things up so that you can have a great family Super Bowl spread. What is item number one, two on your list? Well, as soon as I saw that the Blues were going to have Super Bowl Sunday off, my mind immediately went to, uh, I got to figure out the, the, the times for the hill. Like I went on the hill, I got to get my cheeses, my meats. Um, instead of ordering pizza, we're going to make it kind of an activity with the kids where I'm going to be making the sourdough bread dough, uh, the pizza dough, uh, probably starting tonight. And I'm going to let that kind of hang out all day in the fridge tomorrow, Saturday. I'm going to pull it out on Sunday. That way the dough is ready to go. So we're going to try to make it like an activity. We're not just ordering pizza. We're going to have the kids kind of get involved a little bit, make some pizzas. You know, we might order some wings a little bit. Uh, but all in all, again, it's just going to be kind of a quiet uh, COVID uh, party. But the kids and I will do squares. Uh, it's really fun. We, we gamble with each other. We, we bet on the coin toss. The kids get all freaked out when, when the heads or tails. And we make it a fun event. And, and of course, it's, uh, it's going to be a great day. I'm looking forward to the game, of course. And 
I know it's a bummer about the Blues and kind of everything going on with COVID around this division, unfortunately. But the silver lining, of course, is all these players and, and staff a lot from both teams will now be able to spend some time with people they love the most on a, on a pretty cool day. All right, Joe, it sounds like a great time, but we have to bring you into the hot topic of the day. Some controversy here on Carriker and Smallman. Randy and I really like the reverse retro jerseys. Dan does not. So we need a verdict from you. What did you think of them? I like it. I'm sorry, uh, Dan. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm yeah. sorry. Listen, you're talking to a millennial here, Dan. Okay, no, no offense to your age. You know, you're not that old. But but this is a young. <laughs> you just called me old. It's okay. No, I said no. I said you're not that old, yeah. Dan. You gotta listen. Okay, come I on. Listened, I listened loud and clear. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a millennial thing. I think it's a cool, cool color. Uh-huh. I thought it popped really well. I thought it was a good pop. Chris Kerber hated it. Uh, me and him were going back and forth on the broadcast last night. But uh, to me. I think it pops well. I think it kind of brings out that that cool like retro red with the kind of uh, flashy colors. And unfortunately for the Blues, it didn't really bring them all kinds of luck last night. But uh, again, I thought uh, I think it was, it was good to spice things up. Joey, uh, you know I respect you greatly. Yes, greatly. you do. And uh, I, you. I find you. you as a great broadcaster. I I find that uh, your work to to have children is commendable. I had uh, four and three and a half years, and, and you're beating me, so I find that commendable. Wow. Um, but this, this take on the jerseys is not commendable. It's not. And I think you need to really take a hard look at what you saw last night and maybe watch the film and, and watch that and say, that is a red mess down there. That's not blues hockey. Well, you know, what I will say is this. You know, when you talk in the post-game last night's game or you're thinking about I ran into one for a great run this morning with some of my buddies. We do it every Friday morning, and, and everyone's talking about how much they don't like the jerseys. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, guys, as we all know, if after that game last night everyone's um, moping and whining about the color of the Blues jersey, but they're okay with how they've been playing, I would consider that probably a success. <laughs> That's correct. Lewis. That's right. Now, if they would have won, maybe I had a little different feeling about uh, it. But, you know, it's just, they're terrible. What, what happened in that game? Well, I think that the, the, the first thing um, you look at was it's kind of a deja vu groundhog day from the first game of Arizona right into the second game. I think it was the first game they were being shot 11-1 to start that game. They get down in a hole one nothing. Now, what happened in game one? They had a great response. They started being physical halfway through that first period, started throwing the body around, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just they took off, right? Uh, Arizona, same thing last night's game. They were out shooting the Blues instead of 11-1. I think it was 11-2. to two. Uh, they got that great goal on the back end from Schmaltz to kind of get on the board right there. And, and you start thinking, okay, we've been here before. The Blues will kind of bounce back and snap out like they did the other night. Well, the unfortunate thing is you got Rick Tockett and you got the Arizona Coyotes team. They probably learned a lot of lessons from that game one as far as how they got ahead in that game. They had all the momentum, and they let the Blues take over control of that game. Arizona last night, guys, was a, a different situation for me compared to all the other double game sets we've seen all year. The big thing for St. Louis Blues all year has been they've always won the first game, always taken care of business then. But then the second game, they've always kind of fallen off a little bit. How can we start stringing some games together? It was the same story last night, but the only thing that was different was this. Arizona in the second game, yes, they lost the first game, but also they were a team that lost five out of the last seven, all in regulation. They would not grab a point out of five of the last seven games. And I mentioned this on the broadcast for the game. Rick Tockett is a go-getter kind of coach. You know the message in that locker room is this. We've lost five out of the last seven. If we don't start making some aid very quickly, if we don't stop this bleeding right now and start grabbing some points, guys, we're going to play ourselves out of this playoff series within three weeks. And that's the truth. So that's why the desperation 
the urgency for the Arizona Coyotes was an all-time premiere last night. They came out hard. They finished hard. The Blues made it interesting last night. But, uh, but unfortunately, the, the red jerseys, uh, they, it didn't bring them any luck. And I thought it would, too, because you, know, you look at red. Uh, red's typically a fast color. You know, like if you ever if you ever get like a red Ferrari, you, your insurance apparently is higher than like a, a black Ferrari hmm. because red red pops for cops. So red's uh, we, we've talked about this before. That's why the the color red on a stoplight's red because it it really jumps out at you because the most dominant color when you're out driving is green because you see green grass, you see green trees, you see brown, right? So it's a lot of green. If you look at the opposite end of the color spectrum. What is the opposite, uh, opposite color of green is red. And that's why they make the stop sign red because it really jumps out at you. It stops you. So for cops who are looking at cars, it's the same thing. They're looking at constantly greens everywhere, different shades of greens. So when they see a red car, if a red car is going 60 or a black car is going 60, the red car is going to look faster because it pops. So back to that point, I thought the red was going to bring us some speed and some looks, but it didn't, didn't happen. Joey, you always have so much information for us. This is why you're the, the best. What are you talking about? But I, I got to ask you this, Joey. So last night, Craig Bruby, this comment popped out to me like a red Ferrari. He said after the game, I believe there's a bunch of individuals in there that do compete and work and they're ready to play, but we have too many that aren't. And if that's the case, you're going to have a tough time winning. That's the bottom line. Now, this is not the first time we've heard shades of this from Craig Bruby. So when he's saying things like this about some members of the team not necessarily competing as hard as they need to, how does that translate in the locker? room well it's hard right i mean there's definitely a, a clear message sent across uh, the airwaves last night for the st louis blues everyone's on twitter everyone's on instagram everyone's going to see the headlines people these players are smart it's not like you can get away with things anymore where your coach could call you out and you don't even know about it i mean players will know about it so i think that that's why he did that i think he did it in a constructive way he didn't call out any individual players he's got a great way of doing things like this let's kind of break down what he said last night uh, on, on a more molecule level to where he was talking about the end of the game so at the end of the game, the Blues are down 3 nothing. He sends a group of veterans out there on a 6-on-5 play, and they get a goal. The great goal by Mike Hoffman. You have Perron out there. You have O'Reilly out there. You have Tori Krug out there. You have your, your veteran guys are on the ice. You get a goal, right? They got another goal. Of course, you know, David Perron then gets on the board, right? Or excuse me, it was Ryan O'Reilly from David Perron and Jaden Schwartz behind the net. So your veterans go at it again, okay? Now they need a break. It's 3-2. to two. They need a break. So you have to throw someone else out there. So what did they do? He throws out a bunch of young forwards out there. You know, you got the Kairos and the Thomases and the Sanfords, guys that haven't been around the league as much anymore. I think Craig Berube was a little disappointed by how those young guys went out there and handled that six on five. You need a goal. You're down by one, but most importantly, you're trying to give these veterans a rest who just scored two goals to try to go out there and tie it up. So not only do they not score, they actually got a goal scored against them to make it a four on two. That's the frustrating part because the Blues really could have tied that game up and won that game. But I think he was really um, upset and discouraged by the lack of urgency out of that second group that went out there six on five, some of those younger guys. But to me, guys, listen, you're not going to have everyone pulling the rope every single game all year long. It's just, it's impossible to do. I consider this a good thing because when you look at groups of, or that are pulling the rope and groups that are lagging behind, you always want the group pulling the rope that are your veterans because it's very easy to pull the young guys into the fight. What, where you get nervous is with, with a lot of teams when they have two, two groups and there's a big separation of that urgency, when you have young guys that are pulling the rope, like a, like a Detroit Red Wings when Robbie Fabry's taking off, right? You see it all over the league. Ottawa Center, a lot of young guys are turning and burning. But the veterans are lagging behind. That's the concerning point when you're a coach because when you don't have your, your veterans buying all in, then you can't bring the young guys into a fight. So this will be corrected. This is a simple fix. The veterans are going. The coach knows that. Now it's about the coach giving that message to the veterans. Now the veterans filtering down to the young guys 
and saying, hey, boys, we need you here. And the young guys have such great authority for this that they're going to respond very well, I think, in the near future. Hey, Joey, one more quick thing. You mentioned Robert Thomas there at the end of the game. You mentioned him before the game last night. What do you expect from Robert Thomas? What What does he need to do to get to where you expect him to be? I think Robert Thomas just needs a great Super Bowl Sunday, if that makes any sense at all. I think he needs to get away from the game. He needs to get away from the rink. This is a player that is super talented. He's got maybe the best vision of any player on the team. His playmaking ability as an all-time top. Uh, he, he can do amazing, amazing things. Now, he's not doing it right now. He's having a little bit of puck luck, uh, not really going his way. He's got a new linemate, Mike Hoffman. His other buddy, Tyler Bozak, has been hurt. So he's got different wingers kind of coming in and out, right? He's trying to get the matchups. And the more, the more he, he's trying to perform and it doesn't happen, the more pressure he, he's putting on himself. And that more pressure is leading to being a very discouraged player. I've been on that situation where you just feel like you're in quicksand. And the harder you're working, the farther you're falling, right? We've all been in that situation before, and that's where Robert Thomas is right now. So if I'm the coach of this team, or I'm Robert Thomas, I'm telling him, let's go out there tomorrow, let's, let's get after it, let's try to keep competing, keep having pen- urgency. But after tomorrow's game, uh, just, just get away. Just, just get away from everything. Turn off your phone. Get away from the rink. Have a day off. Watch some football. And sometimes just those mental breaks can kind of get you in a different frame of mind, and hopefully by Monday you come back next week and you're in a better place. But right now, uh, without question, Robert Thomas will be the first one to tell you that the desperation, the battle, the battle on pucks, it just isn't there. I mean, you look at that, that goal that the, uh, the Coyotes scored last night, game, the pucks on the goal line, and there's two Blues players around it, and then the Coyotes just win the battle. It's just that simple. So it really is a mental thing for, for Robert Thomas. Confidence is something you cannot give a player. It's only earned, but it's earned through hard work. And that's what Robert has to get back to, just playing hard, playing urgent, playing physical. And it's amazing when you do those things, how the dominoes kind of fall in your favor, and then all of a sudden you start getting points again. Joey, when you played, you were probably one of those guys that never talked to the media. Uh, you probably never really <laughs> said much after a tough loss. You didn't really like to deal with the media, weren't you? Hey, you, know, you, know funny? you know what's funny, Dan? Yeah. The only time the media ever wanted to talk to me was like between <laughs> periods or after games where we got blown out like yeah. 6 nothing, where no one wants to talk. So, hey, you know, Joe will talk to us. And of course, of course, me, I'm like, hey, so like, I'm yeah. excited. I, I gave him the time of the day. I was out there. I'm like, hey, ask more questions. This is great. No one yeah. ever talks to me. This is awesome. Well, that's great. You're <laughs> awesome, buddy. Thanks for doing this, as always. Hey, thank you, guys. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and then we'll, see, we'll talk to you guys next week. You bet. Thanks, Joey. Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. Next up, we've got The Fight coming your way on Character and Smallman with Danny Mac. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Garriger and Smallman here on 101 ESPN, and it's time for our Friday edition of The Fight. Randy Carriker, Michelle Smallman, and Dan McLaughlin here with you. You can follow Dan on socials at Scoots with Danny Mac on Twitter and Instagram, right? That's correct. Thank you very much. You can follow Randy at Randy Carriker. You can follow me at M. Smallman. But let's welcome in our fighter today. Paul is with us again. Paul defeated Randy 4-3 to three yesterday. That's right. He got all four correct. He was very good. Randy was not 
happy one <laughs> bit. So nice job, Paul. You ruined the rest of the show after putting Randy in a bad mood. But I'm very I'm happy that you help. did it. Yes, you helped it very much. But is Randy going to come back today like the Blues opponents have oh. in game two and come out with intensity and a vengeance? Let's find out. The question is, though, hey, Paul, did you watch the Blues game last night? I watched a little bit of it. Okay. Any thoughts on the uh, sweater being worn last night? <laughs> I did not like them. Come Thank on, you very much, Paul. Paul. I hope you win today. <laughs> Take down Randy. Let's go. You know, Paul, I don't know your age, but we just talked to Joy Vitale, who's a millennial just like me. And I think it depends on which era of blues hockey you fell in love with first, because I think people like Joey and I will always have a soft spot for those jerseys because that's the first blues team I really fell in love with, mm. even though it's the reverse retro. Mm. But. Well, like Joey said, uh, uh, Dan. Well, he's old, and I fall in the same category with Dan, so I guess that's why I fall in line with him. Wait a minute, Paul. Hold on. (laughs) That's what he said. I'm I'm just quoting him. We were simpatico, and now you're calling me old. Now (laughs) now I'm going back to Randy here. Come on here. So, Dan, our paths have actually crossed before. Oh, yeah? When? I've been fortunate enough to uh, attend a couple of the – Cardinal Fantasy Camps down in Florida. Oh, and awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I, it was unfortunate it was canceled this year, but hopefully we get it back going next year. God willing. Yeah. Awesome. 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 It's great stuff. Well, hopefully we see you next year. All righty. Sounds right, good. Let's do it. Well, hopefully you win the fight, too. Let's jump right in. Question number one for you. Which active NHL player has the most career regular season hat tricks? Is it Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, or Corey Perry? Oh, um, man, I, I say Crosby. The newest Cardinal, Nolan Arenado, has an impressive amount of gold gloves. He's got eight. Who has the most gold gloves at any position in Major League history? Is it Greg Maddox, Brooks Robinson, or Ozzie Smith? Greg Maddox. Question number three for you, Paul. Who is the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl? Is it Mike Tomlin, John Madden, or John Gruden? Um, man, Mike Tomlin. I'm, I'm going to have to go with, go with John Madden. Okay. Uh, question number four. What Braves pitcher caught Hank Aaron's 715th home run when, he, when it flew into the bullpen? Gary Gentry, Joe Necro, or Tom House? Tom House. Okay. All right, we're checking our score here with Emily and with Dan. Randy is on his way back in. So I, you you had the chance to go to fantasy camp, not to interrupt here. I was but just going to ask about fantasy yeah, camp. Yeah, so you went great. down two different times. What years were you down there? Well, I was actually, it was there three times. I was in four, 2014, I believe, was Okay. the first one. 15, and then I missed a year, so then it would have been 17, I believe. I tell everybody, if you have the chance to do it, go down there. It is, I mean, I'm sure you felt like it was an experience of a lifetime, isn't it? It is is absolutely incredible, the job they do. I mean, basically you spend three or four days like a major leaguer. It's awesome. You're just surrounded by greatness with all the, you know, not just the Cardinal Hall of Famers, but MLB Hall of Famers and then all of the legends, the former players. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and last year it was Larry Walker was down there when he found out that he was going into the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So it was pretty cool. It was really cool. Um, Randy, say good morning once again to... The man that defeated you yesterday, Paul. Paul, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Well, thank you. How are you today? Everything's good. Thanks. All right, Randy, question number one. Which active NHL player has the most career regular season hat tricks? I would. uh, I'm going to play the chalk here and go with Ovechkin. 
Okay, Randy. Let's go with number two. You know, I'm pulling okay. for Paul. Good for you. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. How do you no like problem. them apples? <laughs> Newest Cardinal, Nolan Arenado, has an impressive amount of gold gloves. He's got eight. Uh-huh. Did you know that? You did yeah, know I, that, I, didn't I did, you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who has the most gold gloves at any position in Major League history? He's got like 20. Um, is it uh, Brooks Robinson? Ozzie had 13. Um, I'll go. I don't think it was Brooksy. Maybe it was. Um, because they didn't have the gold glove until the mid 50s, so you you don't have like Mays and Mantle and those guys in the outfield. Um, and it might be a pitcher. So give me the lifeline here. Would it be Greg Maddox, Brooks Robinson, or Ozzie Smith? It's not Osborne Earl. I think Maddox or Brooksy. So I'll I, I guess I'll go Maddox for fun. Randy, who's the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl? Mike Tomlin. <laughs> well, he went right after that, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He knew that yeah. one. He had that one in the poster. <clears throat> yeah. What Braves uh, pitcher caught Hank Aaron's 715th home run when it flew Tom into the house? Oh. Wow. Wow. Okay. So All right, Randy. my theory about Randy coming out like the Blues opponent in yeah. the second game was, in fact, correct. We have yeah. a winner. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. We have a winner and still champion, Randy Carricker. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs. Sorry, Paul. Randy just did not want to endure Dan poking fun at him for, for another show. So he came out. He was not playing any games. He's not messing around. Wasn't messing he around. He beat today. you four to two. Um, let's run through the answers here. The active NHL player that has the most career regular season hat tricks is Alex Ovechkin. He has 27 and 1,158 games. The newest Cardinal, Nolan Arenado, has eight gold gloves. The most gold gloves at any position in Major League history is indeed Greg Maddox. He has 18, 18 mm. gold gloves for Maddox. The youngest coach to win a Super Bowl was Mike Tomlin. Randy, do you know how old he was? Because you knew that answer quickly. I think it was 38 and something like 154 days, something like that. <laughs> 36. 36. Close. He was 36 years old when the Steelers won Super Bowl 42. I could barely get the question out. Randy <laughs> had the answer. Uh, what Braves pitcher caught Hank Aaron's 715th home run when it flew into the bullpen? It was Tom House, who was the father of modern pitching mechanics, commonly known as the father of that. Do you know who was in left field? Was it... Uh... It was Bill Buckner. Bill, oh, was it? Yeah, Bill Buckner actually scaled the wall and asked for the ball, and Tom House would not give it to him. Tom House hmm. went to home plate to hand it to Hank Aaron, and the only thing that he got for it was a local TV company said, here, we'll give you a TV. So that's oh, what he man. got for it, wow. and, handed, and handed the ball to Hank Aaron. And so, now he's a quarterback guru. He's, yes. He, he's actually so worked the with top, Brady a lot. Yes, absolutely. Lot, As it ties into the Super Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, so, hey, Paul, uh, hopefully we see you at Fantasy Camp uh, next year, and thanks for doing this. All righty. Thanks for having me. You got right, it. That's care. Paul. Coming up, we're going to talk to a Super Bowl champion, Kerry Davis. He played for Bruce Arians, uh, the head coach of the Bucks, and CD, one of our favorites, is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Thank you. 
Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and one of our favorite people, one of our favorite guests, one of our, uh, our, our friends in life is Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, who's with us now on the eve of the Super Bowl weekend on 101 ESPN. CD, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Everything's good. How excited are you for uh, one of your former coaches, Bruce Arians? Uh, you know what? I'm excited for, for those guys to, to have an opportunity to go down there. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, watching Bruce has done a great job with this team. Being able to get Tom Brady in and have all of the weapons that they have. Um, I think everyone assumed that Tom was, was done or, or past his prime, and he continues to show everybody that, you know, I'm still here. I'm still kicking. And I think, you know, I think this is a, a great opportunity for Patrick Mahomes. It could be a passing of the torch type of thing, or it could be, you know, the old guy in, in terms saying, no, I'm still here. So <laughs> I think it'll be uh, it's just so many stories, so many things um, going on with the Super Bowl. Tampa playing in the, in the city, in their own city. You got Le'Veon Bell. I'm a Steelers guy. You got Le'Veon and, and Antonio on opposing teams. Um, they couldn't get there with the Steelers, and now they're there uh, on opposing teams. So it's it's a lot of things that I'm looking at, uh, looking forward to seeing um, in this game on Sunday. Carrie, as a Super Bowl champion yourself, I know it's going to be a little different with COVID and with the protocols, but what is the preparation like leading into the Super Bowl in the weeks before? Well, um, uh, it, it, I think this week may be easier because, like you said, there aren't as many uh, requirements. There aren't as many things that you have to do as far as, far as media goes and, and time that you have to take out of practice um, where you have to leave and go to different places because they're not going there. They're probably doing everything on Zoom, which makes it more comfortable. You can be in the same place where you are. Uh, you can finish practice. There's not as much of a rush to get those things done. So I think I think it's more – uh, like a regular a regular season game as opposed to a Super Bowl with all the fanfare and all of the things going on uh, because of COVID. So, um, I mean that that definitely helps as well. Not as much traveling around, not as much, not as many things to do, uh, as many media requests for for the guys like Tom and and Patrick, um, where they can just really hone in and lock in on on what they came to Tampa for. What's the key to the game, and who do you like? Uh, I like I like the Chiefs. <laughs> I think. Um, you know, I think it's hard. I, I mean, I, I watched him play earlier this year. Tyreek almost had 500 yards, I think. Um, he, he just kind of went off. In the first <laughs> and I think Todd Bowles learned. Uh, those guys learned from that experience. You know, coming Tyreek man to man. But you also have an issue because uh, Travis Kelsey is, is a guy that you can't man to man coverage either. You can't you can't cover him with one guy either. So, you know, if you got to commit four guys to two people, <laughs> you're leaving a lot of a lot of space for some other guys to get to get some uh, running room to make some things happen. Um, so I like I like I like um, the Chiefs. I think Tampa will do a great job, but I just don't think they have enough. Um, you know, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is something special, and we're going to be talking about him. You know, it's not every year, every other year, uh, kind of like we have with Tom Brady in the in the championship game with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Kerry Davis with us on 101 ESPN. And Kerry, you played a grueling position at fullback, but your career started in 2004. Brady started in 2000. Your career ended in 2009. He's still playing. Can you kind of, yeah. because, because you, even if it's a quarterback, it's, it, it's amazing what he's been able to do from our perspective. Can you kind of put it into perspective? Like what do former players like you think of what he's doing playing in the Super Bowl at the age of 43 after 20 years? Well, I think it's just amazing. I think the the more amazing thing is is it eighteen conference championship games? Do I have that right? I believe well, so. Yeah, he's, he's he's had eighteen opportunities to be in the Super Bowl. 
um, that's that's excellence. <laughs> you don't, you know, I, I've had teammates. I remember my rookie year, we went to the NFC Championship game, and I had teammates in there saying, hey, don't take this for granted. 13, 14-year guys, and this is my first time here. Um, so to be in the league 18 years, to play in 18 or so championship games with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, 10 Super Bowls, it, it's it's. I don't know if we'll ever see it done again. If we do, it'll be against the guy he's playing against this weekend because here he is in his fourth year, third year starting, and in his second Super Bowl. So, um, and his third AFC Championship game. So, I think you 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 don't you don't get to see these types of things very often. Um, and it's just you just kind of you, you clap your hands, you tip your cap because it's it's a special thing, you know, to be able to have played against a guy like that, uh, being on the same field with him. It's a, it's a special thing, and I think everybody that has played this game understands it because it is such a grueling sport. It doesn't matter what position you play. Getting up and getting down, you know, getting knocked down and getting back up every single time, is, it takes a toll on your body. So to do it for 20, 20 years and be, you know, over 40, I'm, I'll be 40 in, in a few weeks. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I can guarantee you <laughs> there is no way I would be preparing for a Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing to watch. CD, until very recently, the Wikipedia cha- page for the AFC Championship game said, the AFC Championship game is a game played every year between the New England Patriots and another team in the AFC <laughs> for the right to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's about right. I mean, uh, it, it was pretty accurate for, for almost 20 years. So, uh, you know, time leaving leaving the division, leaving the conference, uh, well, yeah, leaving the conference and going on to the other side, it kind of it changes things. It, it it may have evened the playing field for everybody else in the AFC. Um, but, you know, like I said, he, he's playing at such a high level, it may – it may tip it to the NFC side now where the Bucks are the team. They may change the Wikipedia to NFC Championship where it says Tampa Bay Bucks for the next mm. few years. So um, it's it's pretty – it's just fun to watch. It's amazing. Um, and I think Tom has, has done a great job. And the longevity of his career to be able to play that long and play with that high level of success is, is just is just awesome. Kerry, I know you said that you like the Chiefs, but if the Bucks are going to win this game, what's something that they need to utilize? Is it perhaps Leonard Fournette and the run game, really pound it on the ground and try to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field? Is it maybe the defense taking advantage of the inconsistencies and the disruption on the offensive line? If Tampa Bay is going to win, what do you think is going to be the reason why? If Tampa Bay wins, it's because they're getting after the quarterback. Um, you got JPP coming off the edge, Sue up the middle. Uh, and Devin White, Devin White is a a, a stud. He is a an awesome uh, a ball player. I love his game. He's he's got so much speed, so much electricity, so much power. Getting to the ball carrier, uh, getting in pass coverages. So if they are able to 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 win or or even put themselves in a position to win, it will be because their defense is playing well. Getting after the quarterback because on the back end, like I said they they've shown that. They're not able to hold up if if Tyreek is running his his four two forty down the field against anybody. Uh, you're going to have trouble if they they're able to the Chiefs are able to stretch the field so much. So in order for the Bucks to to even have an opportunity, they're going to have to get after the quarterback, make it make it hard for for Mahomes to sit in that pocket, be very disruptive up front, um, and and that's how they win this game. Why do they say that the AFC and the NFC championships are harder than the Super Bowl? I, I've never understood that. I, I don't know why anyone say that either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get I that. Mean, it, it's it's difficult, um, but I think you know there are so many so many things that happen in the Super Bowl, so many more factors, and so many other things. I mean, it, it's the Super Bowl. It's an opportunity that yeah. you know, as a kid, you dream about. So you had that added 
pressure added element and added, added pressure as well. So I don't I don't know that, that winning the championship game is harder. Um, I think it's pretty hard to win a Super Bowl. Um, it's hard to get there. It's hard to win. Uh, and it, it's extremely hard to do it 18 times and, and be in it 10 times like Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, these two quarterbacks, I think, when it's all said and done, they'll be they'll be you know at the top of the history books, at the top of all of the record books because um, you know Patrick Mahomes is well on his way. Hey, Gary, a couple more things. I want to ask you a social question about the the lack of ability, the lack of opportunity for guys like Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy, who are going to be the two offensive coordinators in this game. African American guys not getting chances as head coaches. You're an African American coach at Hazelwood Central, mm-hmm. so I, I want to know what you're thinking now of what you see from the league that you played in. Well, I think it's just uh, it's you see a lot of recycling of coaches getting opportunities as OCs and DCs and and um, guys that that didn't do well as head coaches. It's it's a lot of nepotism. There are you know there are friends and family members that hire friends and family members to do jobs that they may not be as qualified for, um, and and it, it really has to you have to get some fresh blood in there. You have to get some guys in there uh, opportunities to be coordinators, to be um, special teams, defense, offensive coordinators. Um, And and here's the other thing. I I think people that know football understand that just because you're an OC doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Just because you're a DC doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Um, You know, the the Texans hired the receiver coach from from Baltimore. You don't have to be an OC because more times than not, you're not going to call that offense or that defense. You're going to hire somebody to call your offense. And and by the way, just to interject Um, here, Andy Reid was never a coordinator. There you go. So, you you know, there are, there are people that that can can coach this game at a high level, um, but you just got to give them an opportunity and, and, and really, you know, Give him that opportunity and ride with him. Mike Tomlin was a guy that pretty nobody uh, knew when he was hired as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. Um, I think he was a coordinator for one year uh, in, in Tampa, and, and then he got the high, he got the head coaching job with Pittsburgh, and has not had a losing season yet. Has been to two Super Bowls, won one, um, and has done some amazing things throughout his entire tenure there. So you, know, you just have to you have to be willing to give those people opportunity and, and opportunities. And the recycling of coaches that have not done a great job, you know, I think that part has to stop because um, we've seen what they can do, and, and, but they're continually getting opportunities to do the same thing that they've already done. And final thing, have you had a ch- conversation yet with new Illinois head coach Brett Bielma? And he's going to have a fullback, isn't he? <laughs> uh, oh, he should. I mean, he's a, he's a Wisconsin guy. He coached right. in Wisconsin. He's an Illinois guy. Uh, Iowa guy, <laughs> so he uh, he definitely should have big offensive linemen and, and big fullbacks. I did actually speak to him. Uh, Anthony and I interviewed him uh, a few days after um, he was hired, so got a chance to to talk with him and and see what um, you know what to what to expect from this team. And 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 I hope you know I'm uh, I'm Michelle. You know we're in the same boat. That's right, Carrie. We're, we're paddling together. <laughs> we are. We are. There's all, there were holes in the boat, but we were rowing it's it so together. We, we, are you rowing? I'm pulling. The, I'm. I'm Getting the water out. So we're, That's right. We're trying, <laughs> we're trying to keep it together over here. So hopefully, uh, Brett can do a great job and 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 keep things going and get things going in the right direction because we we us Illini fans, you know, we need it. Basketball is saving us right now. I love what I'm seeing with basketball, but hopefully, Brett can get the things going in the right direction uh, with the football team. All right, CD, love you. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Super love Bowl. You guys. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. All right. See you later. That is our buddy Kerry Davis on 101 ESPN. Get ready for Super Bowl 55, which you will hear here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, today's big thing, TD or interception.
We're going to get some uh, points from Emily, and we're going to say whether that's a TD or an interception. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN Super Bowl 55 coming up. And we have a new fun game, which we just changed the name of. Yeah, we were thinking touchdown interception. We were thinking, should we call it something with punt? Yeah. Just, it's basically take it or leave it, but we needed a football name to it. Yeah. So, so now it's going to be... Uh, Stands or overturned? Stands or overturned. Okay, let me write this down. And we may change the name again halfway yeah. through this. Yeah, we can change it to take it or leave it if you want. Truth or trash, whatever. Oh, let's do truth or trash. You got it. You know what? That brings me back to the Rams pregame show days. Yeah, and that was you, fun. And a lot to, of trash, man. I was going to say, I used to have to come up with those. And it, the, <laughs> a lot the, of trash. The questions that would be posed were, the Rams will be able to defeat this opponent if this happens. And it was always trash. <laughs> so one time we were doing uh, the Rams pregame show. I don't know if you were still here, Michelle, but... We wanted to rank the four coaches in the NFC West, and it was uh, who's one, two, three between, at the time, Harbaugh, Carroll, and Bruce Arians. And the Rams were terrible. And we didn't even consider, like, Jeff Fisher. And the Rams actually called and complained because we didn't have Jeff Fisher as part of the conversation. So who would call you? Demoff. Oh, okay. As our friend uh, Chuck over at Channel 2 Professional liar. Professional liar. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Great graphic. Great yes. Graphic. <laughs> okay, a very well, good graphic. Let's play a little truth or trash, shall we? All right, truth or trash, guys. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense will be able to handle the speed of that Kansas City offense. Truth. They did, actually, in the final three quarters of their previous game. They had to move into a zone, not play as much man. I know that they like to gamble and play man, but because of their zone defense, they will be able to handle that great speed. You cannot play man. No. You, you cannot. And it's going to have to start from the opening that. snap. But uh, I, I don't think there's any chance that they handle Kansas City. I, I, I think Kansas City is going to absolutely roll in this Super Bowl. Roll. I got Kansas City winning big. BK and Barnes are going to be so happy with you. I know they are. <laughs> That's why I'm, well, I'm trying to butter up BK because I got him on the show oh, good, next. Good. I, don't want, I want him in a good mood. Good play. Yeah. We'll make sure that he knows. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So he's got, listening. You know I've he listens truth, to everything. you got trash. Uh, trash. I think trash. I'm with you, Randy. I think truth. I think if we learned anything out of that game from week 12, it's that Tampa Bay's defense, who is playing better now than they were even then, um, is they're going to be able to handle that speed. Yeah. Haven't you guys heard of tape? It's adjustments. It's a game of adjustments, people. It's adjustments, baby. They're going to make adjustments. Trash. Okay. That's all there is to it, Randall. Can we get one more adjustments out of you, Dan? Adjustments. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys. Truth it's or part trash? Of my pillars. <laughs> is that a, is that a four pillar of the yes. show? Adjustments. I'm, I'm going with my pillars of the show. You know what? That should be next week. By the time we reconvene <laughs> next Thursday, pillars. we need our four pillars oh, for the show. The, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Humor yeah. adjustments. We'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll marinate on it. Uh-huh. BS. BS, definitely. No, that's three and four. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah. Two, there's a lot of that. <laughs> All right, guys. Truth or trash? A receiver or tight end can win Super Bowl MVP. Totally trash. Because there's no way that even one receiver 
can catch enough balls for enough yards and enough touchdowns to overcome the quarterback who threw it to him. So, no, even if Tyreek Hill has the game that he had in the first game where he had 229 yards, I think, after the first quarter, no, Mahomes would still get it. Have you watched Mr. Kelsey play? Yes, I have. But who's going to be throwing it to him? It doesn't matter. This guy could have over 100 yards and put up big numbers. I I think, what's the other part? Not trash, but Truth. 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 When we watched the NFC Championship game, Tom Brady threw three picks, remember? Yeah. He was the first person that went to the podium. It doesn't really matter what just... what is going to happen. Either one of these guys will be the Super Bowl MVP, whether it's Mahomes or Brady. Do you see the looks I'm getting from Emily and uh, Ryder back mm-hmm. here? Yeah. yeah, total disgust. Yeah. That's okay. I, I think there's a better chance of a defensive player Agreed. winning MVP than a receiver. Or That's fine. Yeah. Teron, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Chris Jones. First defensive tackle ever to win it. Anymore? Truth or trash? The Chiefs' offensive line will be their Achilles heel, with all due respect to Eric Fisher. Too soon? I don't know. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Too soon? I don't know. Um, turning into Randy. I, I didn't mean it like that, but it's just, it does play. I'm not going to lie. It does play. I am going to go with, I'm going to say truth, because I think they'll have to make major adjustments because of the lack of Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz. Well, you got to you got to make sure that in your backfield that you adjust the keyword there to extra protection on the left side for JPP, and they will. It's that simple. So, truth. But I also think if I'm Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, I'm using a lot of jet sweep action. I'm not going to throw the ball as much. I'm just going to try to get the ball into my playmaker's hands. One step drops, slants, and jet sweeps. With Hill and Hardman. There's a nugget of truth in there, but I'm going to say trash reluctantly. Just based on the information we got earlier in the week from Diane Rossini from ESPN, who's been down there, she talked about how Andy Reid is having the offensive line consistently practice in different positions so that this isn't jarring for them. And I don't know if that's going to translate on Super Bowl Sunday, but it does seem like they've been putting this into practice prior to game day. All right. Truth or trash, guys. Bruce Arians can outcoach Andy Reid. Trash. Trash. I, I like yeah. Bruce Arians, by I the way. Too. I think he's really good. Yeah, but Andy Reid is, is really good. And Andy Reid's staff, with uh, with all due respect, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay staff is great. But Andy Reid's entire staff is really good. And I don't think anybody, and we didn't really see it here, I don't think anybody makes defensive adjustments better than Spags does. How cool Correct. would it be, by the way, to see Andy Hill get a ring? After yeah, that'd be every, fun. That, after all the Mizzou? Yeah, yeah. That, that would be really cool. I'm going to say trash, too, even though I like Bruce Arians and that coaching staff. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have been in their bag this season, and mm-hmm. I like Spags v. Tom Brady. Yeah, and yeah, he'll have a plan he'll have a for plan. Brady, and he has Chris Jones, which helps. All right, one more, guys. Truth or trash, special teams can be the difference in this game. Andy Hill. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to say truth on this one, guys, because I, I really think that Hardman can have that big return that's or, or multiple big return that sets up the Chiefs in great field position. I don't, and I know that uh, the, the return game of Tampa is good, 
but I don't think the Kansas City game coverage is as vulnerable as Tampa's is. Trash. So I'm going to say truth. It's, it's trash. You, they might be set up on the uh, on the right side of the field, Kansas City, several times, short field to to score touchdowns. I'm going to say truth. And I'm saying trash. It's not going to come down to special teams. It's going to be a blowout anyway. It doesn't matter. And it's going to wind up just being a blowout with Kansas City. It's not even going to come down to special right. teams. It doesn't even matter, Randall. Okay. What, what has happened to you? Adjustments. I it's said absolute adjustments. <laughs> well, look at the tape. I said 35-31. Preparing for the Thursday-Friday edition of this show, I, I have been looking vigorously through game film, as I always do, as you guys well know. That's right. And I have done the tape, and it's a blowout. Two touchdowns, maybe. Okay. I said 35-17, so there you go. You know, we tried to get in touch with Dan last night to talk Couldn't about the show. could even do it. He was in the dungeon watching game tape. I did. He well, was I was all... watching the red uniforms, and I turned that thing That's off right. when it was a three-goal deficit. Then I went back to game, tim, uh, game film. And the cool thing is Dan is not using, like, his computer or an iPad. He's got the old-school projector That's with right. actual film. That's right. Right. I put up one of my old sheets from like, my beds. With Dick Vermeil, the yeah. old Dick Vermeil the tape clicker. that he would watch. Yeah. People don't know that about Dan. It's crazy. He watches yeah. the tape, no question about it. Weird film. That is truth or trash on 101 ESPN. You've never heard anything like that. It was new and exciting, and I'm glad that we brought it to you. And it only went through three name adjustments before we got to it. In three minutes. In three minutes. Oh, the name adjusted too, Dan. I'm going with truth on that. It was truth. All right. I I love game film. You know, I look at game film. I actually do go back and watch Cardinal games, though. Nothing wrong with that. That, I do, too. I, I have a sickness on that. Yeah. That's that, a problem. Oh, that quick pitch stuff? That's great. I go back and look at that, and then I go back and watch the replay on uh-huh. the game at 1 o'clock in the morning. I hate it, though, when they cut the game down to two hours. Like, if you have a five-run inning, they cut it out. And, they, and you're in the middle of that. Oh, some guy is in the, the runs. Yeah, some guy is cutting the game. He's like, ah, yeah, here's the problem. You know, I wasn't watching the game. You know, he's having a couple beers probably. He's like, ah, <laughs> cut it in the sixth. No! That's when they scored. I want to watch that part. And then the guy comes in and goes one, two, three in the seventh. I don't want to watch that part. Yeah, yeah. that that upsets me there too. There literally was a game, a, a lot like a thirteen inning, one nothing game, a couple of years ago, and the the run was cut out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh I remember that. Yes, yeah. it frustrates me too. Yeah. I'm with you, Randall. All complaints come to me. I'll take them okay. over there. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Coming up, the Blues are seven three and one, so it's not that bad. But how can they bounce back tomorrow against Arizona? But That's you've next. been going wild about this. You're really upset because you watched the game tape from the red jerseys last night, which you loved, and you have a lot of frustration after last night. It was on when I walked in today. Yes. And how they lost that game wearing those beautiful jerseys, I don't know. terrible. Blues next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, Super Bowl 55 is going to be played on Sunday at 5.30. And if you're driving around, you can hear it here on 101 ESPN. What do people do if they don't watch or listen to the Super Bowl? I didn't watch uh, the year after the Rams left. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch one minute of it. I didn't watch the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, I watched two minutes of it, of that one. It was my boycott. So what'd you do instead? Got my car washed. Seriously. Good. Yep. Yeah. Boycotted. One of the Refused teams to watch. Of course, that uh, the Chiefs beat to make the playoffs. That's immature, isn't it? 
It's kind of no? it's, it's yes. immature. No, that's fine. It, hey, it, you I'm know sorry. What? It, it's you, immature. You vote with your money and you vote with your uh, with your viewership. So if yeah. you're telling them I'm boycotting you, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I just I, I boycotted that year. I'm back though. I canceled NFL Network when they left. I'm not giving them any money. Yeah, good play. I, I get it. Uh, I'm sorry, Randy. Go right ahead. The the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl in part because of a victory over the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. The Browns running backs coach, former St. Louis Cardinal Stump Mitchell. And Dan, you were telling me that you were watching the Oscar Pistorius documentary. I did. Uh, I'm halfway through it. It's interesting. It is long. Um, Kind of boring, though. What's his nickname? Like Livonia Mitchell is Stump. I, I find I I only seen him in the uh, Blade Runner. Actually, it is Blade Runner. I think that is his uh, uh, his name, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know his story? I do. I haven't seen the documentary. I haven't started. I'll take a shot at it. There's some <laughs> documentaries that are better than others, uh-huh. and um, I, I usually stick through the the entire uh, documentary. And this is one that. Um, I'm gonna. I'll finish up. I'll finish up watching it tonight, probably. Okay. You know, I don't. I don't have a lot of things going on in my life. It's a COVID life, as you well know. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of things in terms of going out to restaurants or, or gatherings. So I will probably finish up the Oscar Pistorius uh, documentary tonight. Is he still in jail? I don't know. I haven't finished the documentary. Okay. Let me check it out. I Do wonder if he had the benefit of going to jail, like. Well, he, I can tell you this, I'm halfway through, he was in jail for eight days and then he was put in, uh, he got out on bail and then I'm, that's where I'm at. Okay. So I had to stop because I was getting prepared. I went back into the film room to prepare for this show to go over game film for my prediction for 35-17 for the big game this weekend. I was just wondering, Dan, if uh, when they put him in jail, if they, like, because he was, he was down, he was depressed. I wonder if they had to take away his shoelaces. Michelle, any thoughts? According to a quick Google search, I believe he's still in jail. Okay. So they did convict him, I guess. That would be probably a conviction. I'm, I'm assuming he didn't want to go there for fun. Probably not. No. Uh, there, uh, 314 says, Dan, you didn't hear the pun? No, I did. I just ignored it. <laughs> yeah. A, a quick drop down here says he's still in jail. He was first sentenced to five years in prison, but I believe he's still there. All right. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to be there till 2023, and then he'll be eligible for parole. Okay. There are a lot of people on the text line saying, I'm stumped by the Uncle Randy pun. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to ignore it and move on. And yes, Uncle Randy has reared its Uncle Randy head again. You know, it's 921. Are you surprised it took till this point in the show for us to really I, arrive here? Yeah. I, I thought with Super Bowl week, we'd probably have a Ray Lewis reference at this point. You know, Super Bowl week. Of some point, I didn't even think about Ray Lewis. Yeah. Again, Randy, the floor is yours. It's your show and Michelle's. Uh, he was wearing a white suit. Again. Where's the suit? Sharp dressed man. <laughs> it, what? Uh, let me look at the schedule here. Uh, <laughs> the Blues are back in action tomorrow. It's nine twenty-two, and at nine twenty-two, we already did Vitaly. We had Delsing, Kerry Davis. Isn't this your killing me, Smalls? Uh, no, we're doing next. blues now. That's we're going to talk about okay. the fact that they did lose 4-3 last night. They were down 4 nothing before coming back <laughs> to know, make a game Randy, of it. the transition is Oscar, Oscar Pistorius was really fast. The blues, slow start. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. There you go. Way to move. What, what is wrong with you? 
Honestly. Nothing. I'm, I'm good, man. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure that, you know, nothing was wrong with you. Yeah. Just, hey. When I Why, get, what is Stump Mitchell doing now? He's a, he's a running back coach for the Browns, yeah. Okay. You um, got to get him on the air. I'd like to hear what he's doing. He was like my favorite player growing up with the Big Red. Yeah, he was great. Number I 30. love we should, him. We should get him on. Okay. Anyway, Mike Hoffman talked last night after the game about what the Blues need to do to change to be better tomorrow. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the playing the same team back-to-back twice. Seems like we win the first one and then... Maybe let our, our foot off the gas at the second one. Think it's going to be easy, but um, you know that team's coming out hungry, especially if they lose the first game out of a two-game series. So um, it's a you know a new schedule for for everyone. Obviously, we got to learn, and um, you know, like I said, got to keep our foot on the gas even for that second game because that you know that other team's going to be coming out hungry just like they did, and they capitalized, and they were the better team for most part of the game. And number 68 says, hey, you can count on us for Saturday's game against the Coyotes. We're going to be back. Yeah, exactly. It's 1-1 now, so we'll uh, you know, definitely come out and, and we'll be ready to go that next game. Hashtag LGB. Treat it like a playoff series. Yeah, now the Blues are the team that didn't put forth their best effort and has a chance to respond. And so maybe they'll win. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things about the Blues a couple of years ago, and hey, you're going to have lulls during the course of a season in terms of effort. It's just not going to happen all the time. Ryan O'Reilly, the captain, says we have to be more consistent. You know, it's yeah, it's it's disappointing. Um, you know, it's tough when you know that's going to happen and you can't correct it. Uh, you know, I think I think as a group, we're just we aren't consistent enough with our compete. You know, our compete level. It's just and. You know, it's not just momentum and, you know, having a bad start. It's just throughout, you know, making mistakes, but making mistakes and not kind of, you know, recovering and, and doing whatever you can to, to get back and find a way through it. And just, you know, when you're off by a couple inches, it makes a huge difference. And that was, I was again today, like we knew they were going to start hard and come at us and we got caught on our heels a bit. We, we were fighting the puck. It was bouncing quite a bit and, that's okay. That happens. It's you have to simplify, and and we didn't. We made a couple of bad turnovers and just dug ourselves a hole. And then, you know, we just, you know, I think you know, searching to find the net, we, we couldn't, and it was just too late by the time we did. So they got to they got to go to work tomorrow. What's interesting is how these teams come out in game two of these back to backs. Have you been watching these? Yeah. Uh, it, whether it's with the Blues or, or across the league. It's the first five minutes. It's kind of cliche to say it, but the first five to ten minutes of those game two of the back-to-backs, if you can essentially withhold those, you have a chance then to get back into it, get back into the rhythm of the game or the two-game series, if you will, and you win those games. If you stay and hold them off for the first five minutes, you win the game. It's the first five minutes, and for whatever reason, the Blues – it's just like last night, you know, all of a sudden you look up, it's three, nothing. And, and you're playing catch up and that can't happen. I think it's going to be interesting that now all of a sudden the league is saying to the the coyotes, Oh, by the way, you got to stay here. And yeah. you know, all of a sudden you, you, if you're the coyotes, you're thinking, okay, we got through the two games. You got to split. Now you got to stay here. That it's just such an odd season, man. It's so weird. This is to the advantage of the Blues. You you take advantage of this. You win these next two games. You get the four points and don't look back. Yeah. From the 314, come on, guys. You can still make fun of Oscar Pistorius. He doesn't have a leg to stand on. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Uh, This from the 314. That Pistorius story is all true. I mean, it has legs. No comment. Uh, From the 314, he will walk out of there in 2024. He will walk out of there. (laughs) Oh. 
These are your people, Randy. Dan is just kind of shaking his head in disgust here. Mm-hmm. No comment. Mm. Terrible. Maybe you should watch the documentary, and you might get something out of it. I think I will. Yeah, now you will. I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying a word, Randall. <laughs> okay. Terrible. 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 Ter- yeah. Terrible. Uh, terrible. It's like those red jerseys last night. <laughs> We've Terrible. Got, we've got You're Killing Me Smalls coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A couple of texts from the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 before we get to your Killing Me Smalls. No more Pistorius. From, from no. 314. No. When he gets out, hopefully he can hop back into society and put his best foot forward. Terrible. From the 314, Pistorius made a terrible mistake. He'll need to pull himself up by his bootstraps and start off on the right foot. Mm-mm. Texts from the 314. 2023, I like You know I'm disgusted with yeah. it. I'm not. I, nope. I, I don't want any more texts like that to no. the text line 65780. We, don't, we <laughs> won't read them. If you send them, we just know that we will not read texts like that. Sure. Yeah. Randy As he continues to give all. out the text line. Right. <laughs> the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We just, we don't approve of what you're trying to get us to say, and we just won't say it. Okay, Michelle, go ahead. You're killing me, Smalls. All right, guys, as you heard Emily say in her update last night, we got word Dexter Fowler was traded to the Angels. He was traded for a player to be named later, which Randy says has a chance to be good, player to be named later, or cash considerations. But I wanted to read Dexter's goodbye to St. Louis. He had a complicated time here in St. Louis at times, some highs, some lows. But I thought his message to Cardinal Nation last night was all class. He put on Instagram, man, it never really feels right or gets easy saying goodbye to your brothers and your team city anyone who knows this game knows it can change with the crack of a bat my eldest daughter spent most of her young life in st louis and my youngest was born in st louis our little girls are st louis girls we will always hold a place in our hearts for the city and for the team thank you st louis thank you cardinal nation it is classy good for us to have had a guy like that yeah dexter i i got to know dexter very well played a lot of golf with dexter good dude i wish him well i i, I bet he in a final year of his contract because the final year of a contract is always going to motivate a player in any sport sure he's reunited with joe madden it wouldn't surprise me at all if he puts together a solid year he's closer to home he gets to train in spring training now uh he is his off-season home his full-time home is in vegas so now he's in the phoenix area reunited with joe madden they're gonna put him out there every day i bet he puts together a solid year good for Dexter yeah it'll be great I just thought that was a classy goodbye and it seems like a win-win for for him and for the Cardinals who want to get playing time for their young outfielders absolutely and that's the way we're going to see it you're killing me Smalls so because it's Super Bowl week we've been taking a look back at Super Bowls of the past especially Super Bowl 34 that's one that stands above all others here in St. Louis and Kevin Carter who was a member of that Super Bowl was doing work with CBS and he told a story last night that I don't know if a lot of people know especially here in St. Louis. So I wanted you to hear this this piece of information, this story from Kevin Carter about something that happened in Super Bowl 34. The toughest quarterback I ever played against, and I, I have no qualms about saying this, was Steve McNair, God rest his soul. And, you know, there's a famous play where he puts the hand down on the turf in Super Bowl 34 and escapes my grasp. Now, I've got a firm grip on him, but he's that tough. Now, I've been chasing him around all day, and at the end of the game, I was gassed, okay? And I want to set the record straight on this story because this is a famous clip on NFL Films of Dick Vermeil giving me the business, dressing me up and down for coming off the field with 26 seconds left. 
Okay, I got to the sideline and he's berating me, and I'm I'm done. I am I, I am a casualty on the field. I am no use and no good to anyone else because I am simply gassed and I can't do anything for anyone. Don't you know that there was a TV timeout and I had to turn right back around and go right back on the field? Now the the good part of the story is that. At that point in the game, not only was I more tired than I've ever been in my life, and I was trying to win a world championship, but I had a separated shoulder. I had a shoulder that came in and out of socket almost every other play from the first quarter on. Why? Because the great Steve McNair separated my shoulder with a stiff arm. He stiff-armed me in the first half when I went to sack him, and my shoulder came right out of socket. I went to the sideline. I talked to my trainer. I, I talked to Ron Dubuque, and I said, Ron, tape this thing up. I'm going back in. I had tears running down my face, and he's, and he's, he's like, are you okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm crying, but I'm laughing. I said, my ego is bruised right now. My shoulder hurts, but my ego is bruised because a quarterback just separated my shoulder. So that is a story that no one knows that I played the entire Super Bowl 34 with a separated shoulder falling in and out of socket. And I did not punk out on the last play because I had to go right back on the field with 26 seconds left in the game. And I was on the field for the tackle. Mm. Number one, but it, it is a famous clip. Yeah. 26 seconds. You're yeah. not going to go back in. Yeah. Uh, Mike Martz traded Kevin Carter because he didn't think he was a gamer because he had the bad back and wouldn't play with the uh, back that required surgery. Obviously, he was a highly competitive individual. To play that game with a separated shoulder. Did you know that? I've never heard that, no. Okay. So, and DeMarco never said anything about it. So, it's... Maybe he didn't want to buds. tell anyone because it was a quarterback that stiffed yeah, that and might popped be. his shoulder out. Yeah, but that's a great story. Isn't that? Isn't it funny that we have analyzed that game inside and out? We've watched it so many times. We've talked to so many members of that team who have revealed things behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and still we're finding out more information and little anecdotes like that. Yeah, we knew pretty quickly that Kurt nearly didn't come back for the second half. That was within a year that we found that out. Maybe even during that offseason that he almost didn't come out for the second half, but I'd never heard that one before. Well, if they don't win that game and that clip is still out there, could you mm. imagine? Yeah. Kevin Carter's got to live with that? Yeah. Yeah, now now it's yeah. funny when we look back at now it's that, okay. that clip. And but if you don't defense. win, it'd be like, well, what? wait a minute, what? Now, but he did. He went out and played on that play, so it all ended well. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah, it's funny. It's fun to talk to DeMarco about that moment. All those defensive guys talk about how they've never been more tired in their entire yes, life than yeah. they were at that moment. They were all completely gassed. Absolutely. And it's funny now because they won. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it all ended well. You're killing me, Smalls. Okay, guys. So we know that Tom Brady was with the New England Patriots for a long time, and now he's obviously in Tampa Bay getting ready to compete in his seventh or try to win his seventh Super Bowl. And one thing I can't really understand is how many Boston fans are still writing for Tom Brady. If you ever listen to sports talk radio in Boston, they could have an amazing team, and all they want to do is complain about their teams. They have this love-hate thing going on, so I think it's pretty bizarre that they love the guy who left them, who chose to leave. But I've read all these articles about how Boston is cheering for Tampa Brady, and that includes Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. He did an interview with WBZ TV, and they asked him if he's holding on to any hard feelings for Tom Brady or if he's cheering for him in the game this Sunday. Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? Well, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. Uh, I'm so excited. We've had some great uh, communications, and 
He is such a special human being, and uh, we were privileged to have him here for two decades, and he's one of the finest human beings I've ever met. He, he knows how to lead, and um, I wish him well, and I really hope he wins Sunday. Take it or leave it. You don't want Robert Kraft getting excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that. He can find a way to get excited on his own. He doesn't need a football game. Well, I'm not so sure about that. But, yeah, I um, think he might need a companion. Uh, I, here's the thing, though. If, if you want to stay classy, that's how you do it. You're the owner, and you say, hey, that was our guy for a long time. He brought us championships. That's how you stay classy. You know, that's you, you wish him well. And by the way, have you seen the ratings in the Boston area and surrounding area and New England area? Mm-hmm. The ratings, television ratings yeah. for their games have been just some of the up, biggest in, in the, the charts. Some of the biggest in the country. So they have been off the charts. The Brady merchandise, the Brady jersey for the sales between the two weeks between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, the highest ever for any player between the conference championship and a Super Bowl. And in New England, obviously in Tampa, they have the greatest sales of Brady merchandise, but New England is top five for sales of Brady Tampa Bay merchandise. Wow. I look at it this way. When Albert Pujols pops up and I'm watching a late West Coast game and he comes up in their lineup and if I know that he's going to come up and there's a commercial break I stick through the break and I still watch Albert Mm -hmm. and we're we're, what 10 years later I still watch I still watch I do too but Boston is a different beast it is from a sports fan perspective but they love him still they love him he's still your guy though yeah you know what I mean like he's given you so many moments yeah he's still your guy I think if you're a fan of the player or he brought you enjoyment or you just have that interest level of watching that player said player you stick through it You, you watch it up, Guys, down, different, whatever. Doesn't we, matter. We are not going to read texts like this one from the 636. <laughs> I heard when Oscar gets out, he'll be working at IHOP. Oh, we, we Randy. Will, we will not be reading texts like that. Or like this from the 314. Hopefully he didn't take the stand and put his foot in his mouth. That's just unacceptable. We will not read texts like that. Is there another killing me, Smalls? 101 ESPN. That was the last one, unfortunately. Can you come up with one? <laughs> sure. Killing me, Smalls. Killing me, Smalls. (laughs) Hopefully when he gets out of prison, he takes one step at a time to get back to normal. Coming up next on Carriker and Smallman, it's the crossover, and uh, we'll be talking about something. (laughs) Cardinal baseball. Yeah. uh, Dexter got traded. We'll we'll break that down. And uh, the Blues jerseys. (laughs) And uh, I think the Super Bowls this weekend. no more of these Get your texts in about those jerseys. I'm 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Well, let me start by saying this. It is unanimous within the confines of our studio. With uh, Let's uh, hold on on unanimous. Emily, Michelle, Dan, Randy, we're all disgusted by the texts that we're getting. And we just yeah. are not going to participate in what you pe- apparently think is funny, but we're just disgusted by this. Like this one from the 417. I can't believe somebody would send this in. I bet when Oscar gets out, he'll have a good spring in his step. I, I can't imagine that somebody would do that. Uh, this one from the uh, 636. Randy, you have to stop. You're making Danny hopping mad. 
You can listen to the full podcast presented by I Promise and listen to the interview with Carrie Davis. We had Jay Delsing on. Um, Joy Vitale. This one. Joey Vitale was on. With some great info about yeah. driving and yeah. the color red. We yeah. talked about Dexter Fowler in the first segment at 7. This one really disappointing. Guys, from the 314. I wonder if Oscar will meet a new girl named Eileen. <laughs> at 8.30, we had the fight with Randy. He became the champion. He regained his crown. It was a really good fight. You can hear that. Here's another really disappointing text from the 314 to our Air Comfort Service text line 657880. And we just aren't going to read texts like this. He is eligible for parole in 2023, but his lawyers don't have a leg to stand on. Uh, Joey Vitale talked about the jerseys at 815. Um, you can hear what he had to say about that. Uh, it's all presented by I Promise, hey, and Randy. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. Yes. Our, our wonderful executive producer, Mike Ryder, also made a suggestion for a woman that he can meet, Peg. Coming up on the show at 10 o'clock, we're going to visit with Daniel Descalso. Um, Alex and BK will be out at Centene and covering the Blues practice, so we'll get into what's happening out at the Blues practice. They Oh, really? They're, they had a loss last night yeah. in their red jerseys, and the Daniel Descalso, the, the former Cardinal who played with Nolan Arenado, he'll uh, be one of our guests. Oh, good. Here's one that really bothers me, guys. Pistorius loves chicken day at prison. Every time he asks for two legs... <laughs> So my prediction coming up for the Super Bowl is that the uh, the Chiefs are going to win 35-17. to 17. I think they're going to be able to control the basic uh, uh, portion of the offense and, and a re- really good ground game. I think Kelsey's going to be a big part of it. 35-17 to 17 got, is my prediction. I've got 35-31. Uh, from the 3-1-4, another. And this is good. This is valid. Yeah. How dare you pick on somebody who can't stand up for himself? I thought the Take It or Leave It segment at 7.50 was pretty good. You can listen to the full podcast at uh, presented by I Promise on 101ESPN.com. <laughs> From the 314. Hopefully these jokes are on their last leg. <laughs> Michelle, you can jump in anytime you'd like. Um, well... I did get some valid information from the text line from the 314 that no one else in prison runs things. Oscar Pistorius is the alpha because no one wants to step on his toes. (laughs) 2024 is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. So this uh, this is a really good doc that you're watching. What where, where is this available to people if they want to watch it? Uh, you just go to the 101 ESPN website, and <laughs> um, again, all the uh, the segments are presented by I Promise. If you'd like to download it, and it, you can hear the visit with Kerry Davis, Jay Delsing, Joey Vitale. Um, Yesterday, Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. He was great. And uh, again, my Super Bowl prediction, 35-17 in favor of the Chiefs. Uh, We had a great breakdown of that. And uh, Dexter Fowler has been traded to the Angels, if you haven't heard. And the Blues had red jerseys last night. And the Cardinals are uh, going to get back either a player to be named later or cash considerations. Am I the only person picking the Bucks? No, there's a lot of people. Uh, guy, I mean, on our show, though, oh, you guys are both yeah, picking I, the I'm Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going 35-31. So Dan and I both have 35 points being scored by the Chiefs. But he has the Bucks only scoring 17. I have the Bucks scoring 31. I have 35-31, but Bucks. Oh, good. Yeah. So we're both betting the over. I, yeah. I think the over is easy in this game. Now it'll probably go way under because Spags and Bulls will have great plans. But I think the, is the under 54.5 or 56.5? 
somewhere in that vicinity. But I think they go. I, I think th- this is a game that you're going. Oh, now need you're going to talk about twenty-eight to win. You, now you're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Okay. Now you're back. Yeah. Great. So we aren't going to run with that one anymore. <laughs> we had at seven fifteen. If you'd like to listen to that peak or pit. Uh, you can listen to that at the podcast at 101ESPN.com. Presented by I Promise. From the 314. Just stop. Oscar would not stand for this. Joey Vitale was on at 815, if you'd like to listen to that some, uh, replay. Some good info from him, too, on Craig Berube's comments. Really good about, info. Thank you, Michelle. About the players' efforts and yeah. with their coach making comments like that through the media, how it's being received in the locker room. I got to tell you, uh, it was great being with you guys um, on this Thursday, <laughs> Friday edition of the show and, and probably my last time being on Thursday or Fridays <laughs> on the show. I, I think it's funnier listening to Randy laugh. <laughs> It's not Randy. This is Uncle Randy. <laughs> Uncle Randy yes. laughing gets me every time. Yes. From the 314. And this is good to hear that Oscar Pistorius, somebody that watched the doc, is taking life one day at a time, just one foot in front of the other. Um, <laughs> Carrie Davis was on at 845. And you can listen to that if you missed it at 101ESPN.com. A great conversation from, from Carrie about preparation leading into the Super Bowl as the Super Bowl it champion. Really was. He gave us some great insight into what it's like for these players. Well, he played for Bruce Arians. That's right, So correct. you understand the preparation that goes into these two weeks and the fact that it wasn't a normal Super Bowl preparation yes. couple of weeks. They, didn't have to visit with the media. No Radio Row. Right. Not, not that the players go to Radio Row, but they're... And you know, Tom would have been really picked at a lot by the media, so now it's just all preparation. Game film. That's right. Game film. Game film. And we also revealed today during the show that Dan... Big fan of game film. Absolutely. He's I was been up, in the bunker yeah. watching yeah. watching these two teams on tape. I don't know if I told you, but I got the Chiefs at 35 to 17 after I, I bunkered down last night till about 4 in the morning breaking that thing down. Do you guys think that the league from now on will keep the players away from the host city and rather than have the massive Super Bowl Monday night and all of that stuff, the media day, they might just wind up doing everything virtually and keeping their teams in their home cities until the weekend before? No. No. Because you go back to it. They want everything to be as big and as yes. spectacular as possible. And part of that is media day with all of the shticks that certain outlets have. It's making these players available because when those guys are there on the on their respective podiums and you have all of these people asking them questions, it's getting run everywhere. And we, we saw some of it on Zoom, but it did not have no. the same effect that it did this year. These coaches though, are going to go to their owners. And say, man, uh, Reed and Bowl are an Arian specifically. They're going to say it was so much easier to prepare this week because we didn't have the hassle of all the media stuff. So what? It's a celebration of the sport. It's selling the sport. It's the biggest sport. It's money to be made on all these things. Don't you want a great product? Yeah, but don't you think the owners will then just slide across a number and say, well, this is how much we would get? From sponsorships or Absolutely. something it, like that. It costs a lot more to do what they do with people there than to do it all virtually. But I'm talking about whatever the monetary value is of them getting more impressions or more ads oh, yeah. because okay. you're having more people talk and there's that sponsorship thing in the background. That certainly has to be worth more, right? You'd think so. I, I have noticed that I don't think people are talking about it as much. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I don't, that's what I, don't, I was getting I don't at. think the publicity, I, I mean, but obviously. I because we're here and the Arenado trade happened. Agreed, but I, I I listen to a lot of national stuff and watch a lot, a lot of national stuff. I don't think it has been as front and center, potentially, as it normally is. No, now, I agree with that. I, I think maybe 
probably it's it's the state of where we're at in our society with COVID-19. You know, if we were normally having the Super Bowl, it would be just everything you're seeing. It would be on the nightly news. Right. I don't know if we're seeing that as normally constructed. No, I, I, I would agree with that. And for whatever reason, uh, well... ESPN is as involved with the NBA as they are with the Super Bowl over the course of the last couple of weeks. Correct. So I I think we do get back to it because they want that. I think they want to be front and center with everything. They want to be the talk oh, yeah. of everything going yeah. on. And if you don't prepare as much, which I don't see how that could possibly happen. I mean, these guys are going to prepare. They don't sleep anyway. What's the difference? I'm just saying it's easier to prepare at home rather than... Maybe. That's one of the things DV liked about having only one week was that they didn't have time to have problems. I do like what this fan says on the text line, 618, move the game to Saturday. I've always felt that. But Saturday is the least watched TV day of the week, and Sunday is the most watched TV day of the week. I understand that. they own Sundays. I I get it, but I've always loved to have the fact that you could make it Saturday. Maybe it changes your viewing pattern on that Saturday. And then you have a day off afterwards. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Go ahead if you want to do one more. No, I don't. I got nothing. I know you do. Should I end it with one? Yeah, sure. This is from the two one seven. That we need to quit glamorizing Oscar Pistorius. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, like we do. (laughs) You can listen to Joey Vitale and what he had to say about the Blues at uh, he was on at eight fifteen. The podcast brought to you by I Promise. Yep, Emily, great job. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Did you have fun? A little bit. I did. Have a great weekend, guys. You too, Uh, Danny Mac. Sorry to disappoint you. And I thought you guys were great. I enjoyed it every single minute. Okay. Well, we're going to hop on out of here. Yeah, I'm sure you will. You, Shoot. Uh, you, you and BK are going <laughs> to... Oh, damn. Getting in the mix. <laughs> what do you got coming up on uh, uh, the Danny Mac show with BK? We got Daniel Descalso. That's right. Yeah. You said, I heard you say I, I that. I said that many times as I was trying to redirect things towards, you know, right. normalcy. Uh, see if you can find out from Daniel Descalso what he thinks the Niners should do at quarterback. Huge yeah. Niners fan. Okay. I'll... Maybe ask him. Okay. Good. But I probably will ask him about Nolan Arenado. Well, that's two. Okay. You can ask that the second question. And BK and Alex are out at Centene, so we'll find out what's happening out there, too. Sounds good. All right, buddy. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show for a lot of text. all of us. <laughs> yeah. A lot of text. Until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com. Or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, Lecvio. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.